A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. He, he thinks he's Steven Seagal, the rest of them looking like Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown! It's the 17th of May in the year of our Lord, 2001. Space Odyssey. Jerry Halliwell's It's Raining Men. That awful bloody cover. <laughs> Straight to number one. Uh, it's supposed to be on her first album, but it's the lead single from the soundtrack to Bridget Jones' Diary. It was! I forgot that. Caveat. And uh, the pincer movement working really well because Bridget Dunn's Diary is still the number one film at the UK box office for the fifth week in a row. How about that? I thought you were going to say the pincer movement number one with their new album. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember the, was the pincer movement like this, the Snow Patrol spin-off group? <laughs> and I remember that's the Duckworth Lewis method. Destiny Child, Survivor, still surviving. Still surviving, jeez. Uh, Felix Trinidad destroys William Joppy. By knockout in round five to take the WBA middleweight title. Trinidad's 99 to 2001 was as untouchable as Triple H's. <laughs> the reign of terror. Yeah, yeah, yes, if you're one of his the opponents. true reign of terror. Uh, Crazy Taxi getting released to the PS2 is the big game this week. It seems a bit, uh, like at least a year past its sell-by date at this point. But... I, mean, I mean, Crazy Taxi, I, did, I was going to say, I thought that came out ages ago. Mm. But apparently not on home consoles. No. It's soon, to be, it's soon to be a mini game in GTA. So. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, Channel 4 confirms that Donna Air has left the big breakfast. No, come on. The show back. will now be presented by Richard Bacon and Amanda Bryan, alongside various guest hosts. <laughs> yep. Who was Amanda Bryan? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. The online version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire has made the ITV website the 48th most popular in the UK, according to Nielsen. That's Leslie. With half a million visits <laughs> during April. Oh, that's uh, Amanda Bryan. Sorry, I googled it while you were talking. Who, who is she? She. Uh, that's Amanda Bryan. All right. What is she? What has she done? Big breakfast. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I'd <laughs> I'd marry with a footballer for a minute. I think. Yeah. Channel Five has signed an eighteen million pound deal with Columbia TriStar International, which will see the channel premiere the studio's films from two thousand, including Erin. Brockovich. Ooh. Something on Channel 5 other than soft porn. 
<laughs> and the big news this week, Deputy Prime Minister John Prescott punches a protester who threw an egg at him. Oh my God, I forgot about egg gate. As Ian Hislop said when they played clips, clips who wants to uh, be there. I've got news for you, Ars. Makes me proudly British. This does. <laughs> we have a proud tradition here in the UK of just throwing shit at political people. Do you remember a few years ago when uh, Nigel Farage, Farage visited yes, Newcastle, Newcastle? Yeah. And the guy hoid his milkshake at him. Yeah. He worked in the building I used to work in. Yeah. And he. he, he I currently I used to work at Lush. Oh, no way! Just used to go up to him and go, cheers. I don't want nothing, but... Oh, he could have had a bath bomb thrown at him then. That would have done nothing because you need water. I was going to say, wait. <laughs> would have just bounced off his head. It would have, ha it has no effect on me. You need water. It starts raining because it's Newcastle. Oh. <laughs> no, now I smell quite nice. Oh, I now smell lovely. <laughs> that was not Damn that you, I... protester. But yeah, if you want to see a mulleted person throw an egg at an MP and then really get punched in the face... <laughs> by Mr. Two Jabs himself. <laughs> then this is the week for you. That's what's happening in the ugly world <laughs> of reality. But what, oh, what, oh, what, is the guy from Star Wars who sells the pod races. What's happening <laughs> in the beautiful world of professional wrestling? That question of many of us that you didn't ask or didn't want to ask can only be found here on the Cult of the Classic Smackdown Review. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Mafu, who watched the Chippendale film that Tom recommended last week, and Tom Campbell, who recommended the film that I watched this week. Thoughts? Yeah, exactly what you said. Great, innit? Very nice, updated. Wants to be in there? No. Who framed Roger Rabbit? That's twice, you've, that's twice you've gone for a long film title and called it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? 30 minutes ago, I was in bed. <laughs> so, bless you. So, behind Who the curtain. Who wants to be in bed? <laughs> behind the curtain, Maff, we're recording on a slightly different day. Maff overslept. And then we, we're it's not like, like it's funny because we're quite like low and chill when we get in like hello oh, you're right yeah do you need any more coffee da, 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 da. and then when the when the microphone goes on like we then go hey and action so it's nice to, to hear that you were in bed 30 minutes ago <laughs> i'm very you good. can't tell can you no not at all you actually no because you sat here because we record for the patreon as well so if you listen to the audio version hello uh, hello i could you hello and others uh, who are using oh, the podcast it. room hello um who are, who are watching on the podcast, who are watching the podcast via Patreon, uh, you sat down, you looked at yourself in the viewfinder, and you went, oh, I'm wearing my glasses. <laughs> like you hadn't realised, oh. I really have. I mastered the ability to get dressed without realising. Yeah. She's like, so sometimes I go, oh, this outfit doesn't work at all. I was like, mate, I'm not naked. Job, job's a good <laughs> But what's nice is, though, you've, you've managed to get the glasses that match the shirt. Aha. There's, there's, there's certainly a yeah, Right now, I'm there. doing my uh, Boris from Goldeneye cosplay. It's nice. I like it. See, right now, it's Boris from, from Goldeneye. But if I take off the glasses, it's the guy oh. from Men in Black who's at the shop. <laughs> his head goes back. So. Both strong looks. Ooh, you've said it, pal. Uh, apart from being <laughs> sleepy... Uh, are you all right? You pushed some breakfast into your face just now, so I'm hoping that's... I did. That's how food works. That's, that's how food works. Hoy it in your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> I photosynthesized an egg sandwich. It was fantastic. <laughs> it is tough when you just wake up, and the, I'm, I'm very self-aware, and, and I do have sympathy for anybody who wakes up late, rushes, into the, rushes in first thing, and their first job is to deal with me. 
because I'm aware oh. I'm a lot, and I've been up since like half five. Mm. So I've like I've seen I've seen things. I've seen them with my eyes. They're often yeah. in disguise. I've seen most of the day already. Yeah. So I'm, lumper. I'm aware uh, I'm a lot. We said on the pod. See, it's one of the rare times where we've done this podcast after the bog standard default yes. flavor cultaholic classic uh, Coca Cola review, um, with me and Mr. Jacks and Mr. Ross. And there was a bit where we said, "Wow, it's all the news this week. It's the it's the wrong time for Tom to stop doing coke." And they're like, "No, no, no." I'm like, "Oh, the joke, joke, joke. He doesn't coke, doesn't do coke." And then um, Ross said, "He doesn't even do monster." And I was just like, "Jesus Christ!" No, you're like this, like normally. This is just how I normally am. Wow. This is how I normally am. It's a hell of a week for news. You're like one of those big dogs that doesn't realize Roman Reigns. it's no longer a big dog and still thinks it's a puppy and sees its own. It's like, like you know. Do you know what? That's not a bad description because I do feel that very much like as I'm sort of like near 40 in an office full of guys in their late 20s, early 30s. Like I'm very aware of that feeling. Yeah, of like... and you're bossing all of them. <laughs> The dog that still feels like a puppy. Come on, lads. Yeah, I know you're in your 20s, but come on. Come on, catch up. <laughs> Set the pace. The 40-year-old Tom. <laughs> the DDP. Called the holic. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Late bloomer. But anyway. I, I, we had, yeah, so I missed a couple of days this week. So I missed most of all this going on because I had a little trip to London. Me and Alex. To, to London, London town. To London to be uh, insulted and overcharged. This is what you do when you go to London. Actually, was Lon- London was all right. We had two days, two nights, sorry. Uh, went to the Harry Potter studios to go and walk around the Great Hall and Gringotts Bank. Because we had we got tickets years ago from my brother for Christmas. And then the world caught fire and we haven't had a chance to use them. The tickets expired. So I had a lovely conversation. Said, any chance that we can unexpire these? Because, mm. you know, COVID happened and we've not had a chance to come and see you. So we went down. We, I, I, I booked this, this room for Alex and I for two nights. And it was, it was on the two hottest days in, um, in London's history. <laughs> it was just so hot down south. And it's coming up this way now. But it was really hot for two days. We were at the top of this building. And the room was just unbearably hot. And we had this bed that was not a massive bed. It was a really noisy bed. Stop it. Um, literally none of that could happen because it was the creakiest bed on the hottest, in the hottest room on the hottest day. I ended up on, on one of the nights because neither of us could get comfy. I just like, tell you what, you have the bed. I'm going to sleep on the floor because it might be cooler. <laughs> and I just, that's the spirit of London, isn't it? Is paying a stupid amount of money to sleep on a floor. <laughs> It's when you say that. Actually, it's not funny. funny it's hilarious. Like, like, when they say it, you're in, like, oh, no, I'm stranded on a desert island. Bugger. What, three wrestling matches, would you watch? Uh, that's a silly idea for a podcast. Awful right? idea. Yeah, who's listening to that? Sue Lawley would uh, live it. And, uh, yeah, it's like one of the first things you need to do is make sure you get yourself some sort of bed or status where you're above. Mm. You're not just lying on the floor, which I never occurred, never occurred to me to do that. But apparently, yeah, you do need to be slightly above just to get the heat, yeah. If nothing else, and also to avoid you know creepy crawlies and whatever. And um, there is that face like. eaters, and they're like, but yeah. So it's weird that yeah, it's, uh, your basic survival instinct said, yeah, I'm gonna not sleep on the bed. It'll be colder. <laughs> yeah, colder. Was that a conscious floor. decision, or was it? It was. It, it, it was brain kicking in. It was more just the fact that neither of us could sleep because the bed was uncomfortable and it was boiling hot. And also, I I am one of those people that that you know in in my soul and literally radiates heat. 
Like I like to. <laughs> I go, no, I, get I'm, away, Tom. I'm, I'm a warm soul, but I'm also very literally a warm soul. So like Alex, sometimes when it's warm, like my body will just keep the heat and push it out. Like lying, Alex will say sometimes it is like lying next to a radiator sometimes with you. And Aww. it was just one of those nights where I was just like, which is lovely when it's cold. When it's, a, when it's the dead of winter, I'm the most popular person in our bed. I am the most popular person. When it's boiling hot, like we'll, tr- we'll be far away from each other. We might like put a, a finger on each other's hand just to go, I'm here. But it's just too hot. Yeah. And it was just, that's why I went, tell you what, I'll sleep on the floor because yeah. I'm radiating heat. This bed's uncomfortable. It's one of those, it's gonna be one of those nights. And I think I slept for about two hours. I'll tell you what I did while I was Wait, sleeping. wait, before you say that, I've, as you've been saying this lovely story, I've been in my head writing this little storyline of you being in a polyamorous relationship with people, but not in a weird sex way or anything like that. <laughs> but just because of the price of uh, legging gas going up so much, people are just like, could we just come and sleep in your bed? You know what? Yeah. And you'd be like, of course, more the merrier. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. And you just like, steam emanating from this <laughs> bed. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I'll, I'll run it by Alex if there's any <laughs> money to be made. Hi. On- <laughs> Human radiator 420, looking <laughs> she, for companions. She, she might just go, no, I want you to myself, thank you. Um, but also thank you to um, Uncle Ben, not Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, uh, but Pablo's Uncle Ben, who, when we went away for a couple of days, was the one that popped round and just made sure the boy was okay, sat with him for a bit, played with him for a bit, gave him some treats, oh. gave him some fuss. So Ben's, Ben is a good cat uncle. Ben Potter from Triple Jump. That's Drum. good. Oh, that Ben. I thought, yeah. oh, was a chuck. Ben Potter from Triple Jump That's is, nice. is Pablo's uh, uncle. No, my lad, other than the, the shit time you had sleeping, was there any highlights to the Harry Potter do trip? You, oh, do you know what? No. The, the it's sleep- just like, I went to this hotel, it was all, crap, and all, the bed was hot. All 10 I'm, out of 10, <laughs> would Harry Potter again? 10 out of 10, would Potter again? No, we had a lovely time. We found a couple of lovely bars that we frequented regularly, did Alex and I. It was just nice to spend some time together because we do some, so we're all over the shop so often. It was nice just to have a little bit in the middle of the week where we could just stop and spend some time together. And, and the Harry Potter tour itself is really lovely. It's, um, it, the, the, we, we came away and it was like, we've learned so much about the way the film was put together. You get to walk on like the sets and stuff like that. If you're a super Harry Potter fan, like you walk through the actual Great Hall where they film the Great Hall scenes. You're in there, you know, you walk through Gringotts Bank, you know, you get to interact with the props from the actual film, um, which is great. And, and you, we had the tour guide thing as well, so you're learning stuff about the film as you're going around. I, just, I was learning all about green screen fever at one point. What's that? So that's, where, that's what actors get when they are filming for so long in front of a green screen that they start to sort of... It, it damages their mental health because they're... Well, they're I, Ian McKellen was the one that... Was that was the one I the mentioned, yeah, yeah, with The Hobbit. He had a, he had a meltdown, didn't he, during The Hobbit, bless yeah. him, because he was, all he was doing was working in a green screen and pretending to act to people who weren't there, and mm. it takes a toll on you. It's weird because there was... Um, oh, bastard. I can't remember who it was who... There was a, lot, a whole bunch of FMV games back in the mid-'90s, the PC, and there was a retro gamer went through one, and they had to keep on explaining this one actor. It was a proper actor. I forget who it was now. Um... Like, okay, you're going to be looking at this, this is this. And he's just in a big green room going, what? Mm. I'm looking at that and that's going to be a... Te- I'll, I'll do my best, but right now it's fuck all. <laughs> but that was the nice thing. And he's probably thinking, wow, this is really weird. But now it's like standard for all these big it's things. It's pretty standard now to be constantly... But not like the real, the original green. Harry Potters where they use real dragons. Yes, <laughs> they got too expensive to use the real dragons. Fucking so dragon union killing <laughs> the business. But I'm glad you had a good time because obviously Harry Potter is a lovely thing for lots of people. Obviously, you fuck J.K. Rowling, but yes. obviously I appreciate that, the, the mythos behind it. I've got to ask, did you watch, you said you're a big 
Harry Potter fan. Did you watch Fantastic Beasts, the most recent one? Uh, I've not seen the most recent one yet. I thought the <laughs> no other... one did. No, and that's the problem. I, I feel bad for those involved. I said we talked to this. Uh, talked to Alex about this. I feel bad for the people involved because, like, like the, in in theory they should be fine, but they're just cursed films. And one thing I learned, which kind of connects to Fantastic Beasts, whilst on there, was there was quite a few directors that they interviewed for Harry Potter that really wanted to Americanize it. There was some that wanted um, Hermione to be an American girl. There was one guy that went into his interview and said, I want to put cheerleaders all around the Quidditch course. Because they were desperate. They were desperately worried that Americans wouldn't connect because it was all English <laughs> actors and stuff. Like, you need something American in there to connect it. Otherwise, America won't get it. And During the Quidditch match, he goes, picture in picture, they fucking sell your Popeyes. <laughs> Uh, but, that, but there was many they interviewed and they were like no we want to keep this British it's an, it's an English it's an English book it's an English setting we're going to keep it that way I remember the other thing but like uh, again obviously yeah fuck J.K. Ron but uh, remember the thing when the film was being made she was like nah it's going to be British yeah. so I was that like yeah really powerful why you put it so I'd watch it going alright I think I'm a bit too old for these films now but still going God, there's a lot of fucking British people in this. Mm. You know, that's half the appeal. You just—it's almost like fucking the Forbidden Door. You just want to see who's going to show up. Yeah. Hey, it's him from Alfreda Saint Pet. Hey, it's him who's in every single British film ever made. It's oh. The guy from Drop the Dead Donkey. <laughs> My boy. The dude in Layer Cake who puts the <laughs> the hot kettle over the dude. Oh yeah, he's in it. Monk, the guy with the weird eye. Ah, I was in Bruges. Of course you I were. I thought he was dead. <laughs> What's he doing here? What are you doing here? It's always, yeah, because these British films, it's like the guy who plays a sex pest coke dealer. <laughs> oh, I'm Professor Larry Winks or whatever. <laughs> I'm Professor Oh, it's a good role, this. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Ray Winston goes from, you know, beating the shit out of, <laughs> out of prison cellmates to being, hello, it's me, Asgard man. <laughs> Here's how you make a spell. Yeah. <laughs> But they, so they were really desperate to keep it British. So fast forward to Fantastic Beasts, set in like 1920s New York with a lead guy called oh, Mr. Kowalski, and everyone goes, this is shit. <laughs> this is shit. Why have you set it in America? Because people, people can connect with hey, it. Hey, I'm no. doing magic here. <laughs> hey, I made this bagel. <laughs> That's not what happens in Fantastic Beasts. But they set it in America. And, and amazingly, all this talk about, oh, that way we can connect with it more. No, no. You connect with it less. <laughs> because it seems, it's just... I really wanted those films to do well, but they didn't. And, mm. and I really wanted them to... Be, and it's a combination of, you know, unrest around... Uh, J.K. Rowling and a, okay. and a, and a, and a sort of a, a push against that, which, fuck J.K. Rowling, you're right. Um, uh, also, like, you hear stuff about how the, the film process was, was, was fraught with errors and stuff like that, but also, the films, they're a bit shit. And that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> the films are a bit crap. And I wish them well, but it was a, it was amazing to have a, a project like Harry Potter and have something that comes from it that just tanked so badly and was so far removed from all the the wonder of yeah. the first like no trace of it at yeah. all which is a shame it's like because i played the Ninja, new ninja turtles game that, uh, last night i remember thinking like oh ninja turtles this thing keeps it from coming back but i remember when it was like the height the height the height and then it went down 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 but it was this big like 
Is it still good? Let's find out. Mm. Put that film up, Ninja. Uh, Tells in time. Th- uh, yeah, Tells in time. The third film. Yeah. Anyway, oh, it's dead. It's yeah. kaput. They so that, absolutely that, oh. killed it. With Tales but in Mads Mikkelsen's in it, and I'm a big fan of his, and I have no intention of seeing that fucking film. <laughs> Even though you're one of like my favorite it. actors in the entire world. We've got as a save topic on Twitter. So when I go on Twitter, <laughs> I'm like, what's happening in wrestling? It's like, here's pictures of Matt Mickelson drinking coffee. I'm like, all right, not, not, later on, later on. <laughs> later, hun. Yeah. But even though he's in it, you're just like, I just can't be able to see it. Well, also because I saw, every time I went to the fucking cinema to see something, that advert played for it. Anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see it just to spite you. I think yeah. I've seen it now. <laughs> it's entirety. Just despite, I'm not going to see People it. People who saw this film also watch this. I went, oh, wait, man. Tell you what I'm going to see. I want to go see this weekend. I want to go see Lightyear. And only because I watched a documentary about it. And I didn't, like, you kind of, the impression that you get is, okay, it's just, it's them just sort of clinging onto some sort of Toy Story rhetoric and wanting to make something else that you can't, you can't do a Toy Story 5. You've, you're sort of done with that idea. And I was like, okay. But then the story of, Light, of Lightyear, like, it's, it's, it's a kind of a prequel. Because it's the idea of this is the film that Andy oh, yeah. would have seen. I've seen people talk about line upon people don't understand it. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It's it's not like you're in a film. It's it's the, the film that the toy was based on. It's the on. film that the toy's based on. I love on. the fact that people don't understand it. Yeah, they, they, they can't get it. People banging their heads going, oh, we thought this was going to be really obvious. Sorry. Yeah. But wait, wait, you did. Buzz Lightyear a star command. Exactly. So you've like, done go that. Go fuck away. But the story itself seems quite... Um, quite sort of tragic, quite bittersweet. Like, uh, so I'm quite intrigued. Is it all dramatic and shit? At least it was like Starcomer was like, you know, pretty easy come, easy go. I mean, you could watch it, but there's, but the, I don't want to give it away, but the whole, there's there's lots of stuff in there that that there's some quite sad moments in there. (laughs) And like some quite heavy moments about, about sort of isolation and, and, and and time passing and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, "Oh." that's right. I've read online, no spoilers, but like, is, is mate, uh, the blimp, Goodyear, (laughs) <laughs> That's how it gets to the space shuttle. <laughs> Good year as a bad Good year, year. and light year. <laughs> His mate leap year, he only sees every four years. <laughs> but honestly, it's, uh, I'm intrigued by it because it does sound This a bit is the kickoff show of the SmackDown. This is, yeah, we hadn't started yet, probably. But that's, anyway, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name's Matthew. <laughs> how are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right. <laughs> Good. So... <laughs> You woke up just now, so it's fine. You're yeah, I'm awake now. Was the podcast Brain good worked yesterday? Good. Cause, it, cause was, normally it was. It was quite frantic before it starts. Yeah, it was quite frantic because I was reading stuff and having to be like careful with the Vince, like the main crux of it, and just go, all right, I'll just fucking, mm. not to swear, obviously, but then I'll just obviously just read it, and go, okay, blah, blah, blah. and just left out any terms we said sexual because even though we can f and blind on this show, obviously, um, you have to, you, you, have, you can't say that word or anything like that. Just because YouTube would go, oh, oh not the uh, sex word. That's true. So I was just like, you know, Vincent Mann and this person did a thing. <laughs> Read it's like Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers writes the Vince McMahon fucking song. <laughs> you just have to sort of dance around it, don't you? Yeah, but everyone, just... everyone knows. I mean, yeah. if you don't know by now, then, well, now you do. Well, you can check cultholo.com and all the details are there. And it, 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 yeah, Aiden Gibbons detail. is currently taking all the caffeine Tom doesn't take to get this stuff sorted <laughs> Bless out. Aiden, because like, normally like, I'd be there to help out with all like, the news videos and stuff, but I was away the days that this broke. And Jack Atkins has been away for a couple of weeks as well. He was poorly for a week, and then he took some leave. Uh, he's fine. He's just he's booked he holidays. He's sick of wrestling. He's booked holidays. I think he's going to see Elton John, I think. He booked holidays again, which is why Classic Raw Review should be back, if not next week, the week after. It's been a long time away, but we are coming back. 
promise, Your Honour. Um, but yeah, so when two people are away who would normally, you know, tag in Aiden with the news, yeah. like, you've got this, Aiden, good luck, mate. <laughs> Bless him, he's a good egg. Um, but hey, more about that at coltolic.com. But we have, more importantly, have to go back to 2001. A brighter time. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, for people, just to set the scene, people are like, all right, thank God, you're talking about fucking wrestling now for uh, you know, five <laughs> people minutes. People like this bit. I hope they do. They but I do see, do. you do see other people complain about other podcasts where they go, blah, 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 blah. And I, there's, there's a few podcasts, no, I won't name them, but there's a few podcasts where I like, all right, Oh, there's. I must. Yeah, I must confess. There's a few I listen to where I just go, just spin on, spin on, spin yeah, on. Spin I don't want to be. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Here's the bit that like I that. need. No, but at then, least it's keeping in the style of the show. I kind of see it as there are people that skip this bit. Fuck you for you them. No, I'm kidding. No, they can't, <laughs> can't kidding. hear. They've skipped. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. Can you let us know? Yeah. Can you let us know? Do you like these preambles? I just want to get straight to the bollocks. Because then what we'll do is we'll start like we'll do all the wrestling stuff, and then we'll just go, hey, Harry Potter world. Yeah. <laughs> now I think I. Do you know what? I, it's one of those things where I, you'll never please everybody. Because if we got rid of the, the bollocks at the front, uh, <laughs> they'd strap them to the back. Um, when you get when you get rid of the bollocks at the front. There'll be people that go, oh, I miss the bollocks at the front. That's the best part. Uh, Whereas really the simple thing is just to maybe just go in the notes, here's a timestamp. This is where the bollocks okay, starts. Okay, yeah, there we go. So we might do that. On the admin side of the podcast, by the way, while it's in my mind's eye, um, uh, you may find if you've discovered this podcast fairly recently, if you want to go back to the archives, some of the numbers are a bit off. I've realized I made a couple of errors in episode numbers, which I'm rectifying uh, it's a long job. Oh no! <laughs> but it's getting there. So if you do see sometimes where there's where there's like an episode where there's two episode twenty sixes, you know, use your noggin as to you know how you listen to them, where you yeah. watch them. So, but um, twenty the first twenty six, the one with Squirtle, the other one's the one with Charmander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's dead easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. How so, old's that? <laughs> fucking Gen One. <laughs> Mate, we are Gen One. <laughs> Sorry, it's it'll be um, uh, what's a pig called? The doink. The, the, the oh, the pig that they recently introduced. Yeah. I don't know. What's oh, that? you know what? That night. No, Pigamon. Gone. The, moment, the moment's gone. Pigamon. Pigamon. <laughs> Pokemon oh. pig. Oh, it's, um, it is called, um, a spoink. <laughs> no, that's not it. Spoink. It's another pig. That's that not, one. That's not it. Stop trying to tell me the, that's it. The catapult. The, the, Shut up. The the spring so, I love when Tom does a thing where I could do know you. <laughs> you say, it's yeah. spoink. No, it's not what I meant. I don't want to look at that thing. It's a spoink. That's horrible. Spoink. Get that away from That's me. That's the we're running out of ideas, Pokemon. <laughs> if I came across that in real life, I'd hit it with a hammer. <laughs> spoink, spoink. Fuck off! Time to play the game. Just, just kick it to death. And you know what its last words would be? It wouldn't be, my name, my name. It would be, all right, we have the fucking news in wrestling. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a spoink coming up to you and you just shitting yourself and kicking the shit out of it. <laughs> it's not inspired joy, that Pokemon. Anyway. <laughs> Setting a dog on it. Anyway, whatever numbered episode <laughs> this is, like 666 at this rate. Uh, what's six, happening in the news? 667, the neighbor of the beast. Um, Thank you. So Matthew will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown for May 17th, 2001. Space Odyssey. Uh, a few notes from this week in the wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling, to chew on before we get there. WCW update! It's still good. It's still good. We are still just about doing this. It's one microwave away from being a solid meal. <laughs> so, 
Um, this week, Shane McMahon and Paul Heyman had secret negotiations with a former WCW star. Paul Heyman was negotiating? He certainly was. How about we pay you fuck all? <laughs> I promise I'll pay you all the money. Right. Um, Shane McMahon and Paul Heyman had secret negotiation with Scott Hall. Interesting. Yes. Uh, to bring him in, possibly as early as Judgment oh. Day. Now, uh, two schools of thought on this one. Either uh, to bring him in as part of the new of the WCW reboot because they desperately need names associated with WCW because that's the one sticking point they've got with the network is that you've got... Like, Where's Sting and Goldberg? And they're like, we can't afford them. Okay, yeah, just a flashback to last week, which was, again, a really fascinating thing I've not ever yeah. heard before. They went... Hey, TNN, how about WCW comes back? And they're like, oh, where are the WCW guys? And they're like, mm. uh, uh, what do you mean? He's like, uh, I don't know, Hogan, Goldberg, Sting. And they were like, oh, oh, uh, I mean, we'll be using, you know, Lash LaRue. And like, <laughs> no, if it's WCW, then you need the stars, which I thought was amazing awareness of a product. Yeah. You, you always hear about like these these directors or whatever, these board people, people like, just give me money, I don't care. But like, these guys are like, no, I know what WCW is. Yeah, we want that. But then we, they said, oh, now don't you go giving us just another WWF show with WWF guys on it. And they went, okay, we won't. Fuck, 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 fuck. What about Raven? He goes, oh, we don't know where he is. He's, like, He's a hardcore champion. Fuck, is he? <laughs> anyway, uh, negotiations with Scott Hall fell apart after Shane and Hall had a phone conversation that didn't go well. Don't know the full details. They gave him a dad chat on the phone with him. They weren't liking what they heard. And then, and I don't know whether the two are connected, it then goes on to say, the company has rethought about its feelings regarding Buff Bagwell. Uh, <laughs> I hear the trainer coming. <laughs> it's coming around the bend. This is really how, how dire straits things are for this WWE. Oh, like, how dare. Hey, look, that's not, I'm a Buff Bagwell apologist. Up until this exact moment. <laughs> no, and this with no disrespect to Buff Bagwell, but it's the fact that the reason I say that is because WWF had said from the out, we don't want Buff Bagwell on our show. Nah, sod that. <laughs> no. Buff Bagwell? No. Anyway, WCW's coming back. None of the originals want to come and work there. Buff! <laughs> You're the stuff, apparently. 200% WCW. Oh, so he's uh, so the conversations are back up and running there, and they're reconsidering the fact that, you know what, maybe maybe there's a place for him in WCW, because Scott all certainly not getting involved. Um, they go on to say in The Observer this week, with the exception of Rob Van Dam, who had not signed at press time, but from both sides seems likely to happen, uh, and Chris Canyon, who is expected to sign a deal if he hasn't done so already. So that's interesting. Chris Canyon's coming in. Um, there's no other non-WWF free agents contractually who are a definite for week one of WCW if needed. Now, they hired a few people, Yelash LaRue's, I believe Chava Guerrero Jr., but they mm. have been shipped down to developmental. So they may not, they, they may not get a call up immediately. But so, I mean, the one thing they are working on solidly is the name for this new WCW show. So, um, remember I ran through, I think, I'm trying to think if some of these we've already done. Do um, them again. Okay, we'll do them again. So, WWFE uh, have registered trademarks for the following names. Go on. So, WCW Anarchy, mm. WCW After Hours, okay. WCW Climax. Yep, that one rings a bell. WCW Defiance. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I believe that was the offshoot of 
WCPW. There we go. Uh, WCW Hard On Saturday Night. That, that's the one that sticks out the most. But here's the thing. They've also trademarked Hard On Saturday Night, but without the dash between hard and on. So, so you got WCW Hard On Saturday Night and WCW Hard On Saturday Night. <laughs> As in like... We're being a bit hard on Saturday yeah. night. And the repeats could be called WCW Morning Glory. <laughs> WCW still got a stiffy after. Uh, WCW Hot Box. <laughs> WCW. Which, hey, this works actually because you'd have WCW Hot Box for the first hour and then the second hour, WCW Late Night Appetite. Uh, <laughs> WCW Nailed. Fuck me. Nailed. You've got... <laughs> you bought the company. You've got Halloween Havoc. WCW... WCW Havoc in February. WCW Primal Urge. Uh, WCW Turned On. And then God, Turned God. On without the dash between Turned and On. So WCW Turned On. As in, I've turned on a light. And WCW Uprising. So there's some... Awful names. Some amazingly generic sequel names. And then some generic. sex puns. Those <laughs> W's Sex Dungeon. <laughs> like they own Nitro, Thunder, Uncensored, Halloween Havoc, Spring Stampede. You can't do Halloween Havoc every week, Tom. You, yes, you can. I love the name as well, but I would do it's it every quite week. seasonal. <laughs> you are wrong. Um more fallout from the XFL. Uh <laughs> A a truck was returned to Tops Co, containing thousands of boxes of XFL trading cards, as they were unable to unload them from store shelves. <laughs> These are the real casualties of war. <laughs> These are the real <laughs> casualties of war. <laughs> this or, is collateral damage. This this is the collateral damage. Um, Wing <laughs> Wingo Sports Group of Texas. I've uh, just boxed up 12,000 mini XFL helmets and 2,000 full-size XFL helmets. JC Wingo told Bloomberg, uh, who's the owner of the company, he said, I'm going to try and make them as collectibles. He thinks the Bur I think the Birmingham Thunderbolts helmet will do pretty well. <laughs> to, to, which, to which Bloomberg responded, wins were rare for the Thunderbolts. <laughs> like, stop kicking the lads when they're down. They were the shittest team, so they should be the most <laughs> valuable. <laughs> Everyone wants the winners, right? Yeah, exactly. That, the I mean, that is, he's kind of got some logic there, but it's just depressing and hilarious at the same time. Uh, but wait, they're mini helmets and stuff? Like mini... kids' helmets and stuff. Oh, right. So, yeah, so it's like, like, you know, like Shao Kahn's like, throne is made of skulls and things like that. If you just open that van, it's just thousands of them. You're oh. like, ah! That'd be great, make a throne Stand of over them. helmets. Be brilliant. I told them not to fuck with me. <laughs> John Madden sat in it. <laughs> Some guy told me the other delivery worker, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. It's living out my fantasy. <laughs> uh, also, the XL League is expected to give away all of its equipment to high schools around the country. Oh, that's, that's nice. nice. So, you oh, know, I've got a hold of some high school who's like, hey, a Birmingham Thunderbolt. <laughs> some rough, yeah, just some, 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 some sort of rough city schools throwing around an XFL ball. <laughs> It's a nice mental image, isn't it? Yeah. We'll know that Homer Simpson will purchase XFL gear. Isn't oh, it? I forgot the Simpsons made. That was it. Yeah, Simpsons took the piss as well. So well done, the Simpsons. <laughs> um, some other business notes from WWF. So it's a real, it's a tough one at WWF at the moment because all the optics are down. Like rough. live attendance is rough. Ratings are rough. They're trying to launch another brand, 
but whilst doing so, like, just kind of have their roster run on fumes at the same yeah. time. You know what else is going to run on fumes? You need the loo? Yeah. First one of the day. It's a case oh. of finding the point really where, where we drop something in that makes Matthew drop something. It's basically what we've done here. Uh, if you are still watching on the Patreon, thank you very much for being here. Matthew, as you can tell, has just popped the loo. Probably going to keep this bit in for you, the Patreon people. Thank you for supporting what we do. Do you want to be on an episode of this? Yeah? You fancy it? You can. If you go to Patreon, uh, we check out all our tiers. We had uh, we previously had Patreon backers as third as, as third hosts on these very shows. We'll get you on a Zoom call and we'll watch an episode of SmackDown together. It's pretty fun. Come and join us. Uh, next week, it is a watch-along for the classic SmackDown review, by the way, as we will be watching Judgment Day 2001. That hits a little different if you're new to this podcast. That hits a little bit different to the regular podcasts because instead of bringing notes and talking through bit by bit, we actually just stick the show on, we press play, and we watch it in its entirety all the way through. So we offer like a, a soundtrack, a potential, like a different soundtrack to your viewing experience and that'll be available in the same place on the cultaholic podcast feed and you can watch judgment day 2001 with us i think we'll be the only few that are you matthew and myself look forward to seeing you there you're better <sighs> the <What>? birmingham <laughs> thunderbolts <laughs> was that a birmingham thunderbolt you just i went certainly for? was amazing scene. sorry sorry tom i have to take no, a that's quick okay. xfl that's <laughs> okay so whilst all business is is pretty rough WWF still have high hopes for stuff. Electronic media have reported that WWF is attempting to negotiate a multi-picture movie deal with a major studio, Universal the most likely candidate. Vince McMahon, according to the story, says the movies will involve WWF talent and WWF storylines. This is come off the back of The Rock's success in The Scorpion King. And again, it's Vince McMahon's desire to go, well, I've, they, they want to go off and make movies. We'll make a movie house. They can make movies for me and never leave. Stop leaving me, everybody. Mm. Uh, what simple times for Vince McMahon. Uh, CBSMarketWatch.com also reports this week that WWF is looking at more aggressively marketing overseas. They know there's a market there that are clamoring for more of the wrestling. It's been reported in England there is talk of opening a separate WWF office for the UK like they have in Canada and possibly having something float on the stock market in the UK as well. Having an IPO on the stock market over here. Um, they will they will come through on that and have a UK office. Yeah. Which they won't will do the stock market though, will they? No, no, no. They, uh, no, they won't. They, they'll just have their regular one. Uh, one final note before we get into this week's episode of SmackDown. Uh, a brand new writer has joined the company this week. The WWF writing team welcome Alex Abrahantes to oh. the team, who uh, was a wrestler in Calgary training under Bruce Hart. So what a oh. multi-layered bit of cake this is. Uh, Alex Abrahantes, who we currently see on AEW Dynamite mm. in the corner of Death Triangle. Yep. So there you go. He was he was a writer for the WWF in this weirdest of times. Yep. What a time to be alive that was. So those are all my notes this week. Otherwise, there's a few other bits to get to. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's one bit I forgot to do last week. I'm going to chuck in here. Go on. You're, uh, you're, you're going to know exactly what this is once I start. All right, go on. On last week's Raw tapings, an incident occurred. I did wonder 
Why a sudden... Uh, yeah, okay. During a WWF Metal slash Jacked taping uh-huh. between WWF star Perry Sasson and independent wrestler Mike Bell. <sighs> Here we go. So, thank you to Pro Wrestling Stories, who... Uh, there is a phenomenal website. Oh, I love Pro Wrestling Stories. That goes... That, that, that not only will, will, you know, research and develop these, these incredible bits of wrestling history, but the, the way they're written is just is superb. So, I'm going to quote them verbatim. To take no credit for this. Pro Wrestling Stories, thank you very much. The match should have been a quick win, showcasing the abilities of Perry Saturn. But Mike Bell threw Saturn in an awkward-looking hip toss and accidentally botched an arm drag that landed Saturn on his heat. Saturn lost his cool and began laying the lumber on a hapless Mike Bell. Several receipts rained down upon Mike Bell's face. Saturn then launched a stunned Bell through the ropes, and because of the momentum, he landed headfirst onto the floor. He did, didn't he? Mm. Horrible. Fortunately, there were protective paddings on the ground, or else Bell likely wouldn't have gotten up. But Saturn wasn't nearly finished. He lifted Bell as if setting him up for an inverted atomic drop, but instead threw him full force into the hard, unprotected steel steps outside of the ring where Bell had landed precariously with the back of his head. Saturn could have, and perhaps should have, just gone home and pinned Bell inside the ring. But no, he was not thrown. Perry propped Bell upside down against the thumb, the turnbuckles and jumped back outside the ring to wrench Bell's neck backwards as if trying to snap off his spine and head. He probably could have had it not been for Terry Runnels. We can't tell by the camera angle if she tells Saturn something or if her presence alone was enough to curtail Saturn's bloodlust temporarily. Perry Saturn, who seemed to be having a riot at Mike Bell's expense, then performed a solidly executed brain buster on Bell inside the ring. Inexplicably, when Saturn finally went for the pin, giving Bell a chance to end the slaughter... Bell kicked out at two. <laughs> why, Mike? After all the punishment he took. I, I forgot he did that. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't he just lay down? Bride? The match thankfully ended after a perfectly placed super kick, following, followed by a slight variation of a fisherman suplex. To add insult to injury, Terry Runnels kicked Bell repeatedly as he gingerly rolled out of the ring. So that's the Perry Saturn Mike Bell story. God, if I remember right, Perry had a few last week. Perry's interpretation of events was he got hit and knocked Loopy for a bit and he started beating the shit him because he thought he was back in, you know, in wartime. He was having like a bit of a flashback. Yeah, um, until he came out of it. But he also said that management at the time would put him with bad jobbers because there was another incident, I don't know if we've already covered it or I've read about it recently, where he said that he was in the ring with someone and he'd been told, he's like, I want to go over. And the guy was like, the backstage agent was like, are you... You have him take the fucking piss, mate. You're a jobber. So, yeah, but this is my hometown. My family are here. It's like, oh, no, you're losing. Goodness. And then during the match, Perry alleges that the guy was like, all right, I want to go over and change it. He's like, 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 you've got to be out of your fucking minds. We need like start fighting with him. Jeez. So he, he alleges that he was put with bad jobbers deliberately. And then this was half a thing by management because they knew Perry was going to beat the fuck out of these bad jobbers for their amusement. Mm-hmm. And you think, mm, I'm not entirely sure that's true. But the fact they aired this, yeah, and it did. It's like yeah, maybe yeah, there is yeah. something to that. I don't know, but maybe this, you know, six and two threes. Yeah, I mean, so so Perry's <sighs> excuse I'm, I'm hearing for the first time from you was like it was he kind of got knocked silly and he was in a bit of a flashback to his previous days. What what, what was he 
it was conflict was involved. A paratrooper. Yeah. I don't know what it's he, a paratrooper. I don't know what, uh, which conflict specifically he was in, but I think it was a paratrooper. I just because I just think, I mean, there is something in that. The you know, there's you know, not to, you know, there's no knocking like post like PTSD and having something that sort of takes you back there all of a sudden. But then I, I think th- that that um, that defense sort of falls down. I thought I was back in the middle of like a war zone and I was fighting. How many brain busters did you give on a war zone? I imagine Perry just gave out a fair few. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if any trees, I've got him. <laughs> Hooked the leg. <laughs> Pull him up. Uh, bless Perry Saturn. Uh, right. th- now, according to the Observer, there was a conversation had with Perry this week with WDF management, and that's all been smoothed out. And I'm sure there'll be no more, uh, no more to come back from this public incident at all. I wonder if we've missed it because, well, uh, we'll get to it. What do you mean we'll get to it, Matthew? I mean, let's look at SmackDown. Yeah! Last Monday, Monday, Monday. Jonathan Coachman stood outside the Undertaker's locker room, helpfully labelled as belonging to Dead Man Inc., as he informs us that plainclothes officer is speaking with Undertaker, and whoosh, the Undertaker bursts through the door in his white plain clothes, and the coach is informed, the Undertaker has been informed, his wife Sarah Neck Tattoo has been involved in the car accident. Austin asks the plainclothes dude how Undertaker felt when he heard the news, what the look of his face was, and he smiles maniacally. Austin then asks William Regal if the handicap match tonight with Triple H and Austin versus Kane should now be for the WF tag titles because of all the things that that family's been through. Hmm, weird. Then Triple H and Steph are talking about the damage Sarah neck tattoo has gone through, with Austin adding... Her face is all mangled and twisted and cut up. And even if she does make it, she's never going to be the same again. The camera zooms in like it's Twin Peaks. One-armed cool cane. There's a good <laughs> job in a handicap match against Double Denim. who are forced to resort to using a chain for the DQ to put him down. Austin then mouths off and says, Undertaker's face, what? Sarah's face, I should say, will probably be just fine. I'm sure the Undertaker's face will be nice as well. The video editing in this little segment was designed to make Austin look like a creep. And it succeeded in that aspect. Unsure if it was actually entertaining or not, but we'll see. <laughs> witty wee, witty woo. <laughs> 72 hours away from Judgment Day. Cruelly missing out on the E in Judgment Day because Americans are bastards. <laughs> We're in Louisville, Kentucky on UPN, a.k.a. the Shasta McNasty Network. <laughs> That's what they say, Tom. Don't laugh. What's the name? The home of Shasta McNasty, also SmackDown. Yeah. Kane starts the show. And he gets the rare full intro to his uh, theme with the pianos. And st- is it piano? Organ, isn't it? Organ. Organ, sorry. He gets sorry, his I'm, organ. I'm not fucking reaching up for a fucking organ. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> My mate's got an organ. He wears an organ hat. <laughs> he Go does. On. No, he does. He, he's, um, he does, he's got a 24-hour radio station. Hello to James Dundon. He, he will not listen to this because he does not get wrestling. Uh, but he's, he, he plays the organ. He's an organ this. enthusiast. And uh, he has a radio station called Mechanical Music Radio, oh. which 24 hours a day plays organ versions of popular songs and stuff. Right. It's amazing. So is it him playing the organ? Uh, no. So he, he he knows how to make like organ music. You know, where you put like the oh. dots on the thing. Oh, and right, right, right. In the machine. And, uh, and it so wait, you've it. got you've got a, a mate who knows how to play an organ. So you've got a mate who's a super villain then is what Basically, you're trying to tell us. Yeah. Sorry. He is, James Dundon is a super villain. Listen to him on BBC Radio Cornwall but on a Saturday morning. You're either a church person or you're about to blow up the planet. He's probably a supervillain. Oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> oh, wait, no. They're only doing the cool organ intro so Tom can plug his mate and so they can do the Brothers of Cool Crime Limp Biscuit <laughs> intro. Undertaker has a mic and Kane has a chain. 
Kane sadly <laughs> Kane does not try to, to talk, talk into it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't put that. <laughs> I didn't know he put that. That's where that was going. I didn't know. <laughs> Didn't know you put that, but I love that our brains are on the same we, level. We both saw it coming. We're both like, no, Tom, 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 Tom. What the dip? Hello? Rolling, rolling. Undertaker Stand says, chewing it. Undertaker says that the stories from the police last time were phony baloney <laughs> and Sarah <laughs> neck tattoo. Uh, I've got to say, sadly, Undertaker does not say phony baloney. It's here in the script, Tom. Phony baloney. And Sarah Neck Tattoo. Alexander Hamburg is trying to put that line in, but they couldn't help. Sarah Neck Tattoo is fine. There was no wreck. When Taker finds out who did these phone calls, they're going to wish they had been in a car wreck. Hopefully meaning the people that did the call and not Sarah Neck Tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pronouns, Undertaker. Come on. Undertaker wonders who did it. Crowd's like, it was Austin, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I think it may have been Austin. And Cole's like, whoa, he's accusing Austin of this crime. Can you believe it, Taz? I can't believe it, brother. <laughs> and Taker vows to hurt it. Austin. Well, that's a relief. There's a pay-per-view of him and Austin on top in a few days' time, so we can do it then. <laughs> and that's the end of the first segment. What do you think, Tom? Now, um, the, the, so the, the scheme, the, the fix was, this is what they say, they... Somebody, the, the police officer told the undertaker, somebody rang the police office and said, hello, the undertaker's wife, Sarah Neck Tattoo, uh, has been in a car wreck. Go and tell the undertaker. And then the other part of the, the fix is that somebody then rings Sarah and says, hi, Sarah, your mum. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Big mum and neck tattoo. <laughs> hi, Sarah, your mum has been in a car wreck as well. No, not as well. Just, they rang Sarah. Your mum's been in a car wreck. The reason being is that Undertaker would therefore run home to see his wife not there and would go, oh, no, she's in a car wreck. Now, right, I get that wrestling's bullshit, but this is bullshit times 10. Because think about it, right? Undertaker's told, oh, your wife's been in a car wreck. Sarah's been told, your mum's in a car wreck, right? If something bad has happened with Alex... She would ring me and say, yeah, Abraham the writer, or my partner, Alex Booth. She would ring me and just go, oh, this has happened. I just want to let you know. Like, so at no point did Sarah ring The Undertaker and go, I've just been told my mum's been in a wreck. So I'm going to go sort that. No phone call was had. But he didn't think to ring her because she'd been in a wreck. No, but why didn't Sarah? I know you're in pain right now, love, but get this. You never believe the coincidence. No, no, Sarah should have rang Undertaker. Because all Sarah knew was that her mum had been in a wreck. So Sarah would have, in theory, rang the Undertaker and gone, I've just heard my mum's been in a car wreck. Yeah, but we found out months later that the reason why that didn't happen is because she's useless. <laughs> right, that's it. You go, yeah, why isn't she like a human being? And then she shows up on TV, you're like, oh, God. I've also put here, Undertaker's emotions make him vulnerable. I guess we need to bury Sarah and her mum in a concrete crypt. <laughs> that's what we're getting at the pay-per-view. As he, as he wins the title, there's Sarah and Sarah's mum in a crypt. And he goes... I have no choice. <laughs> pulls the lever and the concrete pulls in. <laughs> That's how Undertaker sorts all his emotional uh, stuff out. Just buries people in concrete. <laughs> yeah, gotta make sure. She's got a half-life of a thousand years. Uh, so. Well, earmark that. Dog ear that bit. That bit will be useful oh. in about three years' time yeah. <laughs> when we get to the Great American oh. Bash overall. More on the, the big crash, also known as the, the new WCW show, coming up soon. Meanwhile, Jeff Hardy asks Matt Hardy if they can trust Eddie. Matt doesn't know, 
but he has helped them to win twice and helped them not get attacked a few times. But China did advise Leader not to trust Eddie. Eddie comes in wearing a Team Extreme shirt and is like, oh, hey, hey, <laughs> don't worry about that, pals. I wouldn't trust him either. But you know who you can trust? Who's that, Eddie? JVC Boombox <laughs> SA, Gigatube. Look at all the circles on this fucking the thing. fucking state, the state of that machine. Oh. Incidentally, I appreciated in that previous segment, Jeff Hardy was questioning somebody whether they can stay on straight and narrow as a result of multiple times they've screwed up. Oh, Tom. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, JVC Kaboom Box is disgusting. <sighs> Perry Sutton tells Eddie Girl, hey, you're either with the radicals or against them. And he tells them, I know, I know, this is the third version of the Radicals, and we've done the exact same thing <laughs> twice already. In a match on Raw, Eddie then unarms Sutton, which then helps the Hardys win, and then dunks Dean with a chair post-match to really drill it home. That the Radicals are crap, and in every timeline, this is how it ends. <laughs> so now it's Juff and Mutt and Udi. But I don't know why I've tied it like that. <laughs> Juff and Mutt and Udi! Yeah. Versus Dean Sutton and Jerry fucking Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Light heavyweight champion and no pop. Perry is on his blonde mustache era. I dislike this era because it makes him look like a weird version of Hogan. Maybe they were prepping him in case one of the executives at TNM was like, where's Hogan? Because he's in the back not saying anything. <laughs> like, Jesus, Hogan just did a moonsault. <laughs> and they've got just like... Well, you know, only the best for TNN. So, so basically what they're going to do, they're going to, for TNN, for the WCW show, they're going to only hire venues, like large venues, and they'll see everybody at the very top and have the ring in the very middle. Yeah. That's, that's Hogan. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely Hogan. It's like the... The Chippendale Rescue Rangers, like the background, just that there's Stan Marsh. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> oh, I guess they do own it. Oh, yeah. Looks like him. It's not going to do or say anything, but he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like Jerry Lynn. Oh, sorry. Jerry Lynn at least gets booze here, which is better than the silence he had last time he was on the show. Sutton beats up Jeff to begin, but a whisper in the wind brings in Jerry Lynn, who gets taken down by Jeff. Eddie tags in and gives him a tilt a will, but Jerry gives him the guillotine leg drop in the ropes like he's resting RVD. Perry press slams, then catches Eddie in a slam. Whoa. Crowd chance. Sorry. That looked good. Yeah. Crowd chance for leader as Eddie is press slammed on the Dean's knee. Perry's a big, strong bastard this week. 
Malenko lands a power bomb, bloody hell, and Cloverleaf combo, as these two bastards are really feeling it. Like, wow, we're getting time for matches now. All right, let's bust out the good stuff then. Lynn applies a bow and arrow, of all things, on Eddie, as they let it all hang out before a double cross body gets the hot tag. Uh, Matt Hardy bonks everyone. Ironic. Hardy busts out all the double teams, but Perry stops the momentum with a thrust kick. Eddie's left alone with the Rads, but is able to Frankenstein a Dean, who turns into a sunset flip, who locks in last exit out of El Paso for the tapo. A sweet little six-man here with lots of cool moves, unexpectedly. Last exit out of El Paso? That's what they call it, the submission hall that Eddie put in. I thought it was called the lasso from El Paso. They, they, they named I Josh swear he said last exit. No, last, the lasso from El Paso. Yeah, misheard. It's in the video games as the lasso from El oh, Paso. Oh, maybe they changed the name wrong then. Or oh, oh, greatly misheard him. I th- I, Wait, I, it was Taz calling the move, so... Oh, it's a lasso I mean, from El Paso. I, mean, I think I, he said last exit. Uh, I mean, he might, he might have said it maybe once, but it was definitely the, the well, lasso Well, you give me your thoughts on Google. Oh, unless it's lasso out of El Paso. That's the lasso from El Paso. God, that's a cheesy it's it's name. in like the SmackDown games. It's the lasso from Bollocks. El Paso. Bollocks. I remember this. Last. Steph over there. I'm going to put last exit. Okay, try and put the last exit out of El Paso. <laughs> Just to see if anything, you're probably while, right. Whilst you're doing that, Go on. incidentally, if you wonder why Eddie Guerrero's face looks mashed in this week, there's a reason for it, right? The Wrestling Observer writes, Eddie Guerrero's face was messed up because one of his kid's bikes fell on him while he was out playing. So what? He, he was out playing with his kids on the bikes. One of the kids' bikes crashed into Eddie's face, and that's why Eddie's face is all banged up this week. <laughs> My child's bike fell I love it. That's a really nice one. Uh, I enjoyed how uh, we got a bit of Eddie Guerrero, Di Malenko, like one of the greatest feuds in ECW history in terms of match quality. And I said, well, I'll put it here, we got the Tiger LCD game version of the Guerrero-Malenko ah, ah. feud. Yeah, it's a shame he couldn't hit his, his trademark finisher, the, the lasso of El Paso, as everyone calls it, and hit Matthew's interpretation of Taz calling it the lasso of El Paso. It was last exit. The last exit. I mean, do you know what? You I, know what? That could work, but it's, it's, it's like clearly it. lasso. I'm very sorry about that. It's up there with orienteering with Name Palm Day. That's was, a great name for a finish. That's like, that's nice. But I was uh, I was having such a good time with all these moves and stuff. I was just I was like, oh, whatever, let's type fast. What's to say? It looks like last exit. I, I like last exit from El Paso. <laughs> Sorry about that. Keep it. No, never, never. Uh, yeah, apologize. you're right. Um, yeah, but these were great. Help. All three were great. Jeff looked crisp and fresh here. Matt looked great. Eddie looked great. The radicals were in there having a good time. Perry looked especially like Perry's move set. I've said this so many times. Like in a different multiverse, like Perry Saturn's like a top guy. Like yeah. he wrestles so well. He's got a, he's got a great power offense set. Mm. Like, in another world, he'd be a top-level yep. talent, but he's not. And Jerry Lynn looked great in there. Jerry Lynn didn't look out of place in there with, with yep. everybody. And uh, I hoped this would lead to more stuff of Jerry Lynn in the mix regularly, but it wouldn't really. Uh, uh, great no. six A weird little tag. run for Jerry Lynn, but yeah, that's all right. But this, again, this is, this is the glory of the roster being paggered, is that you're getting matches like this that get yeah. more time, because they have to fill the shows. Yeah, hey, Radicals, I hope you're used to doing the exact same thing you did in WCW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saving our asses. Austin and his undefined wife, Deborah arrive. Austin then explains he doesn't deserve to be treated like this by anybody. Regal mentions Undertaker knows it was a hoax, but Austin feigns ignorance with a smile on his face. Like he's a bad... Like Paul London, seeing Vince about the blow-up. Austin is upset Undertaker would blame him. Debs is acting shocked, or maybe she is just like that. Big Show is here to continue the comedy. There was one bit there with the Regal and Austin bit I'll mention. Uh, where Austin made me laugh because Regal came in to kind of say, oh, oh I've got a bloody update on, on Sarah. And Austin, still feigning ignorance, go, how's she doing? Is she dead? 
<laughs> I just kind of said it with his eyes lighting up as he said it. And it was obviously, well, all that we know is we will know. It just makes it even funnier. She mm. did. <laughs> anyway, big yeah, show's big out. Show. Captain Team. Blubber <laughs> is in a triple threat match, the hardcore title, at Judgment Day versus Test and Rhino. It's like a custom match for the podcast. <laughs> it truly, truly is. They're looking after us. Bradshaw with unrealistic fake crowd pop and accompanied by Farouk is here to get revenge on show's interference last SmackDown. It's an Insurrection 2001 rematch. And it, is, put, oh. it is basically just a redo. So therefore, when they, if they ever need footage of the Big Show Bradshaw feud, they can play this instead of Insurrection. Because yeah. it's way cheaper. Like down to the finish. They don't have to convert it from uh, Pal. Pal to NTSC. <laughs> this joke was brought to you by 2001. <laughs> Space Odyssey. Big Show side walk slams Bradshaw while Farouk commentates. Show slams Brad, but gets clotheslined outside as the commentators talk about the weather. Cool <laughs> test shows up to tell us all he's unlocked pig pen on Snoopy Tennis about needing to save it. <laughs> I actually checked he's a, he's a secret character. Pig pen is a secret character. Yeah, of course Excellent. he is. Big Show stares down at Test and asks if he wants some. Test does. And there's a real pop for Test wanting some. He big boots show as the referee's distracted and a clothesline from catering gets a win for Bradshaw. <laughs> it was the exact same finish as Insurrection. Fuck you, England. <laughs> yeah, pal to NDSC converted. <laughs> yep. Any thoughts there, Tom? Uh, again, it was just a run, rerun of their match yeah. on paper. Like, hey, cheers for paying fourteen ninety five. Here's the match for free on SmackDown. Yeah, thanks, Limey. But with, now with storyline. <laughs> Yeah, but with Cool Test, who with, beats the games. With Cool Test, yeah. This God. brief period of time when he's actually good at the games. Love Cool Test at this point. Test, how do I look, pig pens? Really easy. It's going to be the game of Snoopy. Oh, thanks, Test. <laughs> Can't get past this level on uh, on Lilac Wars. Oh, give worry. it here. Give it here. Got it. Don't you worry. Go shoot all the little numbers, the train level, and then the thing. Uh, yeah, you'll get it. Why You'll get I, it soon, kid. Why have all our heroes become cool on this podcast? Because it's 2001. They are. They are. They just are. They weren't they? last year. They just this year. And they, they won't be next year, to say the least. <laughs> this, is a, this is a wonderful pocket of time yep. that we must enjoy immensely. Well, let them enjoy it because they're dead. <laughs> Undertaker bum rushes past Regal and charges Austin's <laughs> locker room to attack Austin. This bit was hilarious. There is something about these Undertaker scenes, and I know it's meant to be serious. <laughs> There's Regal there chatting to Sergeant Slaughter and Teddy Long going, now when Undertaker's very cross and he's going to, oh, here he comes! And Undertaker's barreling round the corridor like like, like Pablo when I'm shaking some yeah. dreamies in the front room. Like <laughs> a just, Birmingham Thunderbolt. Like a Birmingham Thunderbolt. He just barges past them, goes to the locker room, there's Austin, you piece of shit! Yeah. Just starts away. I don't know why I find The Undertaker so goddamn funny when he's being so hard to be angry criming. I yeah. just find him fucking hilarious. You know, because he looks like just an old bloke on the estate. And he's <laughs> acting like... He's like, he's the hardest bastard alive. And it's funny because then like a few years later, Undertaker would get himself in the best shape of his career and have like some of the best matches in wrestling history. Yeah. But right now, he's just an old packard bloke. who's like, why are you on a... Just, he's just the bloke on the estate that's just shouting, you having a... You walking shouting at my kid like? I'm walking yeah. out here. Yeah, he, he thinks he's Steven Seagal, but the rest of him looking like uh, <laughs> Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Fucking Walter Matthew. <laughs> Oh, that kid gave me a candy apple, but it was a candy onion. Oh, <laughs> oh he, 
He's coming. He's really mad. If if that bit's not the the intro on the podcast, then uh, <laughs> I don't know what else could be. Thanks, guy. You went into the podcast. It's me. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> You're welcome, Tom. The referees and the pigs try to stop him as Austin denies doing it, but does know who did do it. He gives up Triple H and said he must have. He had Austin had what Triple H had him run over. He had Rikishi to do that whole thing. Austin wouldn't do that to Undertaker because I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. And Undertaker's like, well, can't argue with that logic and leaves. <laughs> Cole mentions there will be turmoil at Judgment Day. As a G, you think? <laughs> oh, he means tag team turmoil, right? A big ass goal at match with Edge and Christian, X Factor, APA, Dudley's Hardys, and the Radicals. Something for them to do. Basically, that's what it is. This is such a it's it's a pay per view that's come around dead quick. Yeah, like we've only had about what three weeks. Since yeah, because like there's been two in one month, which is never a good sign. Yeah, uh, and uh, so they're just sort of rushing a lot of stuff here, striking while the irons mid. <laughs> Undertaker talks on the phone while Kane stares at him. Undertaker does some fine pretend phone acting. Hello, they did what? Uh, and tells us the police say that it was the, the both calls came from the same cell phone. Triple H's cell phone. Dun, dun, dun. How would how would he know that? Well, the police know it. Would the would the would the police know? Oh, this is Triple H's number. PC Motorola <laughs> told him. PC Motorola. That the Louisville. Hello, Moto. <laughs> the the, 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 the Kentucky, wherever the hell they are, Kentucky Crime Inc. Told Undertaker because obviously he's an honorary member. You googling Kentucky? No, I'm just Louisville. Sorry, I've had an idea. I've had an idea. Um, Oh no! (laughs) Tom's eyes lit up. He had a really shit idea. That's gonna be really funny. It's a really shit idea. Tom knows it's a bad idea, but he can make it sound good because he's talented like that. (laughs) So, like, how do you know that's? uh, How do you know it's Undertaker's phone? Well, we um, we decided to to reverse the call, so we we got the number and we rang it. And uh, we, we waited to see who answered or, or whose phone lit up. So, like, they dialed the number and they're just in the back of the locker room, they heard. I do like the meme that goes around every week. You know, it's just like 10,000 likes and hits. It's like Neo from The Matrix. He goes, born too old, not uh, too old to own property. Born too young to fly in space. Born just the right time to pay 99 pence for a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Tom. You're welcome. Uh, we then cut from this dramatic moment to another one. It's Kurt Angle humping a wall. Just like Triple H humped a cage last Is week. Is this the rule that every week there has to be one segment with a wall being humped? Yes. Oh, Kurt has chosen a wild stipulation for the Benoit match. He doesn't say what, though. Well, I guess we've got to keep on watching he them, He says it's a doozy. Yeah. He says that's going to be a doozy. Yep. It's like, oh, a doozy match. He went, what's that smell? He went, doozy. WWF <laughs> 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 movie's coming soon. Ugh. Regal is on the phone, but Crime Dead Inc. <laughs> tells him to inform Triple H he's wrestling Undertaker tonight. No holds barred. So Undertaker doesn't go to jail for killing him. <laughs> 
because that's, that's how, how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how Wrestling. it works. I mean, I mean, think about it though, right? They say like, okay, in a no holds barred match, and we're being far too picky here, but shut up. No holds barred match. That means anything goes. No one can. You can't get arrested if it's in a match. Austin Rikishi, No Mercy 2000, No Old Bars. Austin about to run Rikishi over. Yeah. Police arrest Austin. Bullshit, right? Bullshit. I thought this is America. I thought this is No Holds Bars. <laughs> Who do you think Regal was on the phone to? Because he's there talking about, oh, it's been a bloody nightmare tonight. <laughs> I've put up with a no old bar. I've got a, and Austin thinks he knows who did it. It was Triple H that did it. But he starts the call by going, yes, dear. It's but I presume it's his wife. It's a speaking clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's his tea delivery service. <laughs> it's it's anyway. Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> anyway, Regal then goes to wrestle with Kurt. And Taz is amazed Austin stooged out his teammate. Kurt explains most people here won't know what winning feels like. No, a medal for an all-you-can-eat at the fair doesn't count. Which is why he's winning his medals back on Sunday, because Benoit currently has them. There's loads of anti-Kurt, ha-ha, no medals signs in the crowd, which is a good sign. One sign said, Benoit, USA, gold Olympist. It's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, I haven't thought about that. That makes him. Yeah. That makes him... <laughs> So well done. Yeah, that's it. It's in the record books. I have to go back and edit the tape yeah. to include Benoit, which is ironic when you think about it. <laughs> Kurt knows Benoit has his medals near his genitals, and that makes him <laughs> sick. So he's going to take him on in a wrestling match at Judgment Day. No excuses. Benoit says, your idea is like you. It sucks. Benoit knows he's better than him. He's going to prove it. Two out of three falls. Wrestling the first fall. Submissions the second fall. And then if Benoit cheats and squeaks out a win again, then I'll have a match for the third fall. So it's three stages from hell. We're not calling it that. That's absolutely fair enough. Great intense stuff here from these two, as Benoit's delivery game has improved a lot. But then his partner is for this tag match, Rikishi. Oh, okay then. Rikishi had a wonderful showing last week, but the crowd are going to need more consistent convincing after they know attempted murder of Steve Austin. <laughs> Benoit and Regal go at it until Kurt tags in and it's just liquid wrestling from these two by now. So Kishi naturally tags in quickly because there's a pay-per-view in three days and can't give it all away. Regal gets asked and Angle gets distracted <laughs> with the giant Angle sucks chance. Benoit gets a quick roll-up for two and the crowd loved that. I'm amazed because I forgot how Benoit was able to get 2001 crowd really into him with just his sweet skills alone. Then Kishi tags in, the crowd quiets. <laughs> Kurt gets the ass of a sunset flip attempt for two, and the crowd does like Kurt getting the ass. Benoit misses Air Canada. Kurt gets the angle slam, but then thinking about getting the medals back from Benoit's crotch. He play acts it up and looks disgusted the entire time, but he puts his hand underneath his tights, grabs them out, and gets the medals back. Hooray! Yay! He's so happy, he kisses them and is Aww. eating the regretty spaghetti. He dances and is so happy that he doesn't notice Benoit sneaking from behind, lock him in the crossface, with Kurt refusing to tap as he has the medals in his hands in a very awesome shot. Benoit then gets his medals back after he taps out and puts them back down as tight. This was tremendous. This was a great match. Like These four all just bounced off each other really well yeah. throughout the whole match. Yeah, but why are Benoit and Angle not doing stuff in the main event instead of boring Undertaker and Austin? Yeah. I might prove myself though. <laughs> I, I agree with myself. I agree with myself. That should definitely be the case. Um, with this then, 
Uh, so it's good to have um, it's good to have someone back on the roster that's healthy, isn't it? Rikishi was away for ages. Oh, I was going to say, who's healthy here? Oh, Rikishi. Well, Rikishi, yeah. no, because they're desperate for numbers. They're desperate for people on the ground. And uh, so to have like a baby face they could put near the top, which can mix it up with some of the mid-carders, this is, this is good. Anyway, from the Observer this week, Rikishi suffered a shoulder tear in his oh, match with yeah. Angle on Raw on Monday. He'll be getting surgery imminently, keeping him out of action for the next three months. God damn it! This company can't catch a break! He's got one more match to come with Regal. He's going he's gonna to rough it out with a match with Regal. And then that's him done for the rest is of the... Is that Judgment Day? Yeah, it's on ah. Sunday. And then that's him done till November. <laughs> Not laughing because he's injured. He's laughing like it's uh, like 2022 it's situation. Such a, such a cursed... Yeah, I mean, 2022. Roman Reigns is just not going to be appearing. Okay. Uh, Randy Orton out until possibly the end of the year. Okay. Um, Brock Lesnar's not going to show up because <laughs> fuck off. Uh, Sorry, we've got Cody. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. There we go. He's also out until God knows when. That leaves Riddle. Um, Seth Rollins. Seth. Oh, God help us. Drew McIntyre. Oh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Oh, let's John go Cena's to, back. Quick, let's go back to 2001 quickly. <laughs> Triple H and wife show up to the arena and they walk past a load of people and they're like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, did you just spot no. the people? Did you do a bit there of a, There was a load of people, but I didn't type them all up. Okay. Bobby, of course you did. Bobby Cannon. Yeah. Paul Heyman. Yeah. Spike Dudley. Yeah. Haku! I didn't know it was him, but it's hard to miss him. Isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to miss Haku. Bless you. <laughs> well, I saw the main event just opened up, so that's all right. And the Brooklyn um, Brawler was there too. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so all the stars. He's always, he's always unhealthy, so he can never be unhealthy. <laughs> no one is normal to them. I said, isn't that normal for them? They are the baddest people in all of WWF. Uh, Triple H eventually goes, all right, all right. Uh, hey, what, what's up? Why has everyone been a prick to us? Which is funny because it does work for this segment. But at the same time, it's like, wait, wouldn't they be like, be like this normally? Like they are. They're being especially sheepish. Which we know, because whenever Triple H tries to make eye contact with them, they just furtively yeah, yeah. look away. Heyman informs Triple H what Austin said about him, and Triple H acts confused. Triple H denies everything and wants to see Austin. Ooh. And here's China's penultimate WWF match, of course, following a Triple H segment. Mm-hmm. On Raw, China and Lita teamed up against Ivory and Molly, but China declined to tag in, but then celebrate with Lita afterwards, after obviously winning the match by herself. China gets no bazooka. This is a handicap match, China versus Ivory and Molly. Even with a handicap match, China laughs at Ivory on her way to the ring. There's been nearly no appearances from China these past two weeks, or months even, so you don't know if this is her character or not. Molly gets woman-handled and wrecks Molly. All press slams and badassery. Ivory declines a tag, so China tags herself in and then gets the delayed powerbomb. Lazy-ass cover ends it, and then Lita comes out with a bigger pop than anybody else in the match to raise China's hand in victory to mock her on Raw. But so at least there's something there. Then Eddie applauds both women. He's also wearing dungarees to protect him from falling bikes. I, <laughs> I think that bit with Eddie went nowhere, but we'll see. Any thoughts here on backstage news? Or? Uh, well, Lisa and China, as you say, this is the last ever SmackDown match for China. Uh, this I, I, I hated the heel face team because they are so desperate for like two people to face China She's, and it was a typical China affair. China's got so much uh, discontent, just so much contempt for the women's division of WWF at this point. Not surprised that she's on her way out at this point. Um, they, <laughs> without knowing it, Michael Cole referenced a, a wrestler from NXT 2.0 at this point. 
Go on. Where he said that they'll be running at Roy's live next week, and then we'll be in Anaheim in Anaheim for live WWF action come Tuesday. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> If you listen to the podcast, you know. China's fed up. China, you can tell, just hasn't, her heart's not in it. She wanted to be in the men's division. We'll talk more about the, uh, the, the, the end of China in when, yeah. as and when is right. But um, she, she, none of the men want to work with her. She doesn't want to be in the women's division, but she's the women's champion. There's a match with Lita, which has zero interest. And that'll be her swan song. That's it, yeah. Come to her last match mm. in the week. Until, until she goes to Japan. All right. And fights Chono. And fights Amazing. Chono. Crazy period, that. But yeah. And it's interesting, you think, could China have been someone they could put in the main event? No. At this point, she's just like, no, but, but it's not going to work. No. Um, if, and that's not, that's not even a gender thing. Like, China isn't as accomplished a wrestler as I think many think. Uh, she, to say the least. I'm being very polite. Yeah. A, lot the, a lot of the great matches she had, they were guided. But even when they were guided, China, from what we read, from what we read, from China's words and from other people's words, the belief that China had was, oh, I'm brilliant at wrestling because she was in there with people who were working the magic. You know, that's like how, uh, you know, that's like a, a puppet that thinks they're really good at singing. <laughs> Yeah, Alcoholic reading his. Well, we we try to read his book on Twitch, but we just got bored and watched Street cr- Fighter the movie it was instead. Crazy, because um, yeah, because he some bits there's little tidbits here and there, like when Shawn Michaels like uh, he was told by Randy Savage, oh Shawn Michaels is messing with your food orders. He went to Shawn Michaels says, I'm gonna, if you fuck with my food again, I'll cut all of your fingers off. There's stuff like that, and the rest of it's just a boring <laughs> old man. <laughs> The cunt was born 50. Did you get uh, But he says he, he did not like China. Um, he says as a wrestler, she was accomplished, but like, sorry, in terms of physique and everything, but mm. like, she was a horrible person. She wouldn't, she would ignore people who would like ask for autographs and stuff like that. He just goes off on her. And if Hardcore Holly is calling out for being miserable, <laughs> not a nice person, not a good wrestler, regardless of gender, no, there's nothing for her here anymore. Go and go and go and find other horizons. Which I think is what she'll at least attempt to do. Yeah. But anyway. Still, hey, when she was good, she was great. When she was good, she was great. She was a, a breath of fresh air. The good housekeeping match with her and Jarrett. I think uh, all the Eddie fun. stuff. All the Eddie Guerrero stuff was excellent. Like the stuff I said before, I think going through these last year in the other studio and stuff like that, was I watch it out during, was it during lockdown? No, it wasn't during lockdown, but it was just like, I never really understood the appeal, why people liked it so much, and now just watching Eddie, like, because he's crawling up <laughs> China's leg, like, Mama, I'm so sorry, Mama, yeah. like, on his knees, he's going, <laughs> like this. He was so I'm going, good. Oh, right, I get it. A giant woman in leather and spy. Ah, now, ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, now I get it. But bless her, it's just time's moved on. And so a Triple H, sadly. <clears throat> anyway, we'll cut backstage. Triple H yells at Austin for lying. Austin keeps the lie going and says, you did do it. He lied about not trying to kill him, remember? Which he did do. And it was his phone. So there. So Austin gaslight interpolated to his face. <laughs> you did do it, remember? No, I didn't. Well, you did lie about before. I'm trying to say Okay. Also, Stacker 2 presents Jericho and Benoit beating Edge and Christian on Raw and then getting attacked afterwards during an interview. Stacker 2 disco music should be played all over. Bad things. <laughs> the Hindenburg. Stacker 2 slam of the week. Oh, the, uh, the humanity. 
Jericho takes on Edge tonight. Christian calls him White Tool J and says he still might be concussed. Just to remind him, this is Edge and this is Christian. But don't worry, we're going to give you a beat tonight. You'll never forget. Good stuff here from these two, but the storyline is Jericho's wrestling with CTE. Must be 2001. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, how we do These it. two go at it, and you realize how similar both men look in hair, tights, and beard, and Canada. Jericho <laughs> Jericho misses a charge and bonks himself to sell that pesky concussion. Edge works on Jericho's brain and even unleashes the turnbuckle pad, which Jericho slingshots Edge into. Christian distracts, which results in Edge getting a chair, so when Jericho goes up the lion's hole, both Edge and Christian have beaten Jericho now, even with vigorous cheating. A lot of cheating, but a good match, though. A fun little match. Fun little match. Too. It's just kind of awkward just seeing, oh, no, his brain, which is swelling before our very eyes. You're like, this, oh, no. thing is, this is the second time this year they've gone, CTE yeah. is a story. But the, 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 at least and it, it won't the be Rumble. the last, will it? It will not be the last. Oh, and here we go. Triple H sees Regal backstage, and he tells him he didn't do it. Regal ignores him because he's on the phone. Obviously, listen to the speaking clock. So Triple H goes, hey, hey, hey. I'm ordering you to remove me from this match tonight and reminds Regal who his wife and father-in-law are. Regal no-sells him and says, no, I'm not removing. It's so great. Don't you know how my dad is, my wife is? He's like, no, you're still in the match. It's like, uh, okay, can you please remove the no-holds-barred stipulation, please? And then Regal stands up and unloads on him. Absolutely. And, and backs up Triple H and goes, you deserve this, you horrible, disgusting, despicable human being to have rung up the Undertaker on his phone and to tell his wife has been in a car wreck and to tell her, her mum and being, you are horrible. I can't wait to see Undertaker get revenge on you tonight. You deserve everything you get. Now get dressed for your match and bugger off. It's like, what the fuck? It was amazing. I'm like, I had no memory of this whatsoever. This is the first time Regal looks serious. Everyone posts on Twitter the 04 promo where... Regal snaps and goes, oh, you've been messing with Eugene. Yeah, I make it look like you've been beaten with a bloody hatchet. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'll tell a lie. That's, no, a, that's, that's a different one. This is the one about the violent... The first time he used violent venom. Mm. Every, bit of, every drop of violent venom in my veins. Yeah. Brilliant. And it's so good because mm. you can tell Triple H likes him as making the star because later on he would have been like, yeah, smiles and pedigrees him. But right now Triple H is like, yeah, okay, and just does it. It's amazing. There's no like, no, wait, I can have Vince fire you. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he just absolutely... Regal's pissed and just leaves. It's so fucking great. It's just a nice reminder that in a, behind all the, oh, bloody hell, bloody oh, bugger, bugger, there is like a really fucking angry northerner yeah. in William Regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just like going to fucking kill you. Oh. Have you been listening to The Gentleman Villain? Not yet. It's really good. Oh my god! The love, just like around every corner, there is there is horror in Regal's life. I was gonna say, you know what? I've I wanted to, but I want to be in the right mind mm. because I put on podcasts and do like cardio and stuff like that. But I mean, I've been hearing what people have been saying about like the first two episodes and stuff, and I'm like, do I want to be like you know jogging along, and then I'll be hearing these stories. I'm like, <laughs> ow, my legs. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's more one to listen to when you're chilling. Yeah. Um, like I listen to it on the train and it's just uh, it's, 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 it's harrowing but it's fascinating like the, the stuff that he's done and the stories that he has and even stuff like where he talks about like his character and little 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 
touches that he does to like the way that he wrestles and the, like mannerisms and things like mm. that like everything is very intricate with regan i really right. like it and it's, 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 it's in fact from the stories of like his rough times in wcw when he was loaded up with drugs and all that stuff but then in amongst there there's like other interesting little caveats the sort of shit that we drop on here where like winning regal was one of the first wrestlers to wrestle on wwe tv in hd and they talk and oh. vince had a meeting with him and said like you know I want you to do less than what you do. Like I want you in terms of the mannerisms and everything, pair all of it back because it's HD and it'll pick it all up. And that's probably why I like Regal grew his hair out oh. because he said when he had short hair on HD, it looked like he was balding. So he grew his hair out because he was, because they were doing something in HD. And oh. it's little things like that. You go, never even wow. thought about that. Yeah. I mean, one he said a few times, so I've seen him live, uh, he did him twice. So I'm glad going and someone came to South Shields in that little tiny theatre where there was, an, there was a play taking place next door. Oh, wow. So Jack and the Beanstalk on the left and Winnie Regal on the right. He oh. could have been in either room. <laughs> and he talked about the thing that I didn't realise, but now I've said it, I, every time I see him, I notice it. Because he, he got a, either a mouth injury or a lip injury. Yes. Once he got bust open, he couldn't open it as much as he could or whatever like that or use it to his abilities. That That's why I learned just to sneer and not do anything because he was inspired by he was at uh, an airport one time and yeah oh, but right. he tells a story on the podcast oh but, does he but, oh right yeah, but do yeah. tell it but do tell it because it's a good story right. yeah um and the guy running the counter was like i'm sorry the plane's delayed and i don't know if you've ever been flying but there are americans fucking love doing this going up the person at the counter like their captain fucking plane <laughs> And going, you motherfucker, I gotta find you. Don't you know how important this is? I need to be. And they've obviously heard this a hundred times. And he just starts going, hmm. And then looking around, you know, looking at the wall, looking at the ceiling, looking at the thing there. Going from, and once the guy realized that him yelling's getting absolutely nowhere, he's got an even man and just left. And Regal went, I'm gonna steal that. Yeah. So when Regal couldn't do that anymore, oh, I, I don't know exactly how it works with his lip, but he probably explained in detail there. When the people <laughs> in front of the crowd talking, they're just doing stuff. They're chanting, you suck. And then he's just like, looking away, looking yeah. around. And they're going, Poo, hey, I, I'm heckling you. Don't fucking ignore me. It's like, oh, what a man. He's so clever. He's got such an amazing mind for it. Do oh. do drink in the gentleman villain. It's very, very good. <laughs> so I'm going to match you. But don't take a match. I don't want that anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he starts a but, bit uh, like uh, that. Can you remove the holds to the bar stipulation? Look at that ceiling. And then all of a sudden, just like kicks it. Hey, right, sunshine! Like all the all the all the the fury that just pours out of him is amazing. He was Mr. Baked Bean then. (laughs) Anyway, Mick Foley became principal at a school for the mentally impaired. uh, Only in superstars on TNN this Sunday morning. Wait, we're hyping superstars now. A Sunday night heat tapped out. <laughs> this morning, <laughs> Sunday mornings on Superstars on TNN. What? Who are you? But it's the first time we get to hear that iconic 90s Superstars theme. Superstars! Uh, tonight on Superstar, Vistara takes on Midian. <laughs> That's what you are! <laughs> Funaki versus Gangrel. All you know. <laughs> oh, banger matches on yeah. Superstars. Oh, main event in any country. Lillian talks to Jericho, who can't think straight. But he announces he's going to show up and bother Edge and Christian in that turmoil match. Who knows who his partner will be? It's, it's Benoit, you idiot. Who else <laughs> Why has that kept a mystery? Maybe he forgot. Well, Benoit's wrestling, though. It can't be Benoit. It can't be Benoit. 
It'll have to be um, yeah. Mick Foley. <laughs> one of the one of the kids. Do, do, do. Haku. Could be Haku. Bless you. Debs talks to Steph about the rotten behavior. <sighs> rotten acting. But Debs Christ. and everyone else doesn't believe them because they're lying bastards. <laughs> it's true. Alka Holly's on a treadmill, being miserable, getting ready for the Spike Dudley match, and tells Molly, who comes along, he doesn't care if Spike is a nice guy. Dudley's put women through tables, so can't be trusted. This miserable man has a point. He does have a point. Twice this week we've said, Hargo Holly has a point. That's a worry, isn't it? How do you like him now? I don't know. Undertaker tells Cool Kane his Cool Chain <laughs> match at Judgment Day probably won't happen because, he, because he's going to murder Triple H now. Sorry, bro. Kane's like, Womp, womp. <laughs> I wanted the title match, so. Nah, mate. Give him one for me. <laughs> Give it one from me! <laughs> Forgot about that yeah. scene. Roller Cola, fake sugar of the week. <laughs> Slam was LSD trying to Dudley Dong Rhino to help Crash, only for Rhino to use him as an object to use on Crash and only build this feud even more. RC Cola, sugar, 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 sugar. Spike is accompanied by the Dudley boys. Argo Holly has crashed, so yeah, that seems like a fair fight. <laughs> That's fair. Argo gets the slab spike like a big boring book. <laughs> a big boring book. Holy fuck. People were crying their eyes out they were so bored in the twist. It was amazing. <laughs> Crash gets his nifty jumping Frank Steiner out the corner, but gets immediately clotheslined and beeled. Spike pushes Harker off the top and collides with a brutal double stomp. Crash interferes to help his cousin, but Hardcore is mad at Crash yet again. I love that dynamic. It's like, I'm helping you, you prick. Okay, <laughs> shut up. Hardcore then murders Spike with an Alabama slammer, and God, did he eat all of the shit in the world with he that just move. just did. Bless him. The Dudleys drag Spike out and then drop Crash with a 3D for interfering, and Hardcore does nothing because he doesn't like Crash. <laughs> Even though he helped him win. <laughs> Like, I helped you, you prick. Oh, whatever, 3D. Hollies are just a fun bunch, aren't they? It's a great dynamic. Yeah, and I liked Hardcore Holly just classering Spike Dudley. Yeah. I think Holly enjoyed oh, it as well. That, that, Alabama Slammer, I think Cody Rhodes was asked, what's the move that hurts the most that doesn't look like it hurts? He said Alabama Slammer. Really? But that's him getting hit. He's a fully grown man. Hardcore Holly hitting Spike Dudley on Alabama Slammer. That that would be a move illegal in UFC. <laughs> that was fucking ridiculous. He just absolutely murdered the poor bastard. And that man was like, hmm, if the choice is jumping off a 30-foot balcony through one table, because Heyman can't afford more than one, or taking Alabama Slammer <laughs> for hardcore, I'm jumping. <laughs> anyway, uh, cruelly though, talk about Hardcore Holly's book, which I won't want to talk about much. Oh. Um, he only had like two pages to say about Crash Holly. Really? It was really miserable that That's it was like harsh. It, it was like you know the, the biggest part of your, your success in WF was with him, right? Yeah. And he was like, I didn't think it was much good. It felt like a demotion, and then like a few pay, paragraphs later, we won the tag team champions from the Rock and Mankind. Oh, get fucked! I'm like, Hardcore, you, you're not making this job easy. Hardcore genuinely thinks oh, I was brilliant as a singles wrestler, and then they lumbered me with Crash Holly for a bit. Uh, yeah. That's how he genuinely yes. thinks. Yeah, because he did the big shot thing, and then he's just like, and that ended. And I thought that was bad. It was going, uh, as soon going as it was great. getting over, they ended it. I'm like, what do you think you were going to do? Headline. Yeah, he did. What is it, 04? Anyway, uh, any thoughts there, Tom, on this? Uh, just, just Holly just battering Spike. I'm sure Holly had a lovely time with it. That's my only real yeah. thought on this bit. 
Fair enough. Steph remembers that Triple H left his phone somewhere the other day, so someone could have used it without him knowing. Triple H yells what we're all thinking. You remembering this now? <laughs> uh, doesn't matter now, Steph, as he wraps himself in the IC belt and tag titles in a bike chain to protect himself for this. Oh, the next man. Those are the dudes who go out and like, train attack dogs. <laughs> just, just, just covering himself in protective <laughs> gear. With an IC belt. <laughs> <laughs> This'll help. This'll stop Undertaker. Undertaker bikes to the ring because he's mad. <laughs> but not that mad as to miss out on a chance to drive slowly around the wrestling <laughs> ring while not trying to hit anything. Undertaker attacks Triple H <clears throat> as he heads to the ring and batters him around the ringside area with the crowd going nuts. Triple H rolls down the ring and takes a slam on the gridded ramp. Triple H doesn't take a brawl in the crowd as someone emphasizes the action by blowing bubbles. <laughs> The con- Why? The continued, Why the continued hilarity of The Undertaker. Like, just trying to be the Steven Seagal of wrestling. And I find every segment hilarious. And on this one, genuinely, I was like, fair play. He's, look, he's hard as nails. He's battering Triple H. They fight into the crowd. Fucking bubbles. <laughs> Fucking bubbles start flying everywhere. Ultra death feud. <laughs> <laughs> and just again, I went, thank you, Undertaker. You've continued to make me laugh. He made him think his wife was deed. Oh, bu- 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 bu. <laughs> Some cut in the crowd as well. I don't want to do it here. Finally, I-, I thought they might brawl near me, so I came prepared. Bobby Bubbles. Fuck's sake. WWE, Bubble Blow of the Week. <laughs> Crash Bang Wallop, it's Sarah Neck Tattoo. <laughs> Not dead. She fits perfectly in a bread box now. Undertaker continues to batter Undertaker. What? Triple H before twatting Undertaker with a ring bell that goes, what noise, Tom? Spoink. Thank you. Undertaker tries a chair shot, but Undertaker grabs the balls. As Taz would say, <laughs> it's a five on two assault and prevents him. Crowd loves the balls. They've been studying the Benoit tapes. <laughs> Goozle in the ring (laughs) and Undertaker throws ring steps in the ring sets up the ring steps near the hard camera section of the ring next to the ring ropes and then sets up the last ride off the ring steps to the outside do definitely kill Triple H once and for all as the crowd's like oh boy he's going to die but Austin appears in the Titantron to reveal it was him it was him McMahon it was him all along by ringing Sarah Neck Tattoo. I can't believe Austin lied. Austin says he had a partner, though. The man standing behind the Undertaker. And then Triple H and Austin beat the piss out of Undertaker before Cool Kane and his tag team partner, Dead Man Cool Chain Inc., make the save to end this and get us ready for Judgment Day. A way better episode than last week, to say the least. It felt like this was a makeup episode for nothing happening last time. The last two weeks, they've had a very small roster for some reason, maybe because they continue the death march on these house shows. But this one felt loaded with at least three amazing moments. The Angle Benoit stuff, Regal versus Triple H, mm-hmm. and that crazy six-man. Very true. What did you think, Tom? Can we just... Let's just go back. Oh, no negatives on the show. Isn't that right, Tom? As Undertaker's about to powerbomb Triple H to oblivion. Austin appears and rings and goes, it was me, and I wasn't alone, to which Triple H attacks Undertaker. 
Oh, right. Hey, kids, look. Tom's about to do his bit. Shh, shh, silence. He's going to do it. Stop talking. Look, he's going to do his bit. He's, at, he's, left, he's left one room and gone into the other one. He's charging like great Muta on those big New Japan ramps. He's coming. I can see him. He's looking at me through. Oh, he's ringing me. He's ringing. Hello, Sarah Neck Tattoo. Don't do anything yet. I've got my Bluetooth on, so I won't hear you. No, you bastard. You... Oh, no. Thank you, Tom. Oh, no. Just pretend that worked. Oh, that was really good, Tom. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Oh, that was great. Tom Tom rang me. Did you get that? Tom Tattoo rang me and yelled it was a setup all along. Right. That's so, how we know it wasn't Tom who did it, because it came up my phone, Tom Tattoo. So, let me get this straight, right? Oh, Tom's ripped up, ripping up the script. Let me get this straight, right? Go on. Last week... Go on, Columbo. Austin... Off Triple H's phone, yeah. rang Sarah, rang, sorry, rang Undertaker, no. sorry, rang the police yeah. and said, tell Undertaker his wife's been in an accident. No, no, Tommy went, hello, uh, hello, uh, <laughs> tell him he's in an accident, uh, except it wasn't. It was Austin on Triple H's phone, hello, I'm Austin, uh, tell Undertaker your wife's been in an accident. Hi, Sarah, your mum has been in an accident. No, no, they didn't, he didn't bring up Undertaker. The police came and he told him. He rang the police. Yeah. All he did was ring the police because then the police went and saw Undertaker. Triple H rang the police. No, Austin. Austin rang the police. Austin rang Triple H's phone. Fuck me. Austin on Triple H's phone. That's right. Rang the police. Yeah, pretend to be Triple H, I guess. And then. Or, or be anonymous, I guess. And then Austin then rang Sarah yeah. separately. Yeah, on, to say, from Triple H's phone. Your mum's been in a wreck yeah. on Triple H's phone. Yeah. The whole of Raw. Austin and Triple H go, oh, wonder what will happen there. I hope she's all right. Smackdown this week, Austin, when he's getting beaten up, throws Triple H under the bus. That was Triple H that did it. Triple H walks into the arena. I'll tell you what, there's a better way of displaying this, right? Triple H and Austin sit down together on Monday afternoon. No, they mustn't have... They- and go, we've got an no, idea. That, like, they kind of want to sit down. That would make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Well, Austin did this with his own volition and didn't tell Triple H because he left his phone around. No. He couldn't have. As I said, Steffi said the phone was left. But Austin at the end says, I had an accomplice in doing this. To which oh, yeah, Triple H right. attacks The Undertaker. I hadn't so thought about that. Here is, so here's what there is what happened. Steve Austin, <laughs> Deborah, oh, now Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon all sit down on Monday afternoon and go, we've got to come up with a way to get The Undertaker. And Triple H goes, how about this, lads? Austin, off my phone, you ring the police, say Sarah's been in a wreck, tell The Undertaker. Then ring Sarah and tell her, pretend to be a policeman, tell her her mum's been in a wreck. Undertaker will not attempt to call any family members. Sarah will gone. not attempt to call the Undertaker. She's Just, been in a car wreck. No, but Sarah doesn't know that she's been in a car wreck. If you tell her that, she might. She seems the type of person, if you put... <laughs> if you put uh, something over to cover all, all lights out in the room, she might like go to sleep after 10 seconds. <laughs> um, okay. So they'll do that. Then when un- then on rest of the raw we will just will act like we didn't know what was going on. Then on SmackDown, Triple H says on SmackDown, Austin, 
you deny all knowledge. When Undertaker comes to beat you up, tell him it was me. When I arrive, I'll be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And then we'll make sure cameras are watching. So we have an argument. We'll plan an argument. I'll get put in a match with The Undertaker because he'll be so mad he will go to Regal and ask to be in a no-holds-barred match. Then we'll... Then he knows Regal won't... Which he knows Regal will... will and he'll try and get out of it, but he knows Regal will keep him in the match inexplicably. Because he always does that. And then to make sure everybody is nowhere... No, because we are heavy smart. Deborah and Steph, you have an argument about it. Steph, just before I go out... You say, oh, Austin had your phone, so we'll tease some dissension there. I will go out. I will get the shit kicked out of me by The Undertaker. I will nearly die at the hands of The Undertaker. And then, Austin, you appear on the Tron and go, oh, it was me that rang Sarah. And whilst Undertaker is looking at the Tron, as you're saying that, I'll hit him in the back. Genius, and that's our plan. Any questions? That was. If you put fuck. it like that, no, 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 but no, no, Tom. What you're doing is you're trusting Austin, who is an unreliable, unreliable narrator. I think Austin did it of his own volition, but then because he's a no good trickster, he said all this and Triple H because he went me and my accomplice Triple H. Triple H is like, oh, that's what you did. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking the strike then. All right, we'll get him. We'll get him. You and I, Matthew Greg. We've sat here Cause it would be funny, cause for I, well, so way, many weeks. The way you've done it is, it would be funny if all that happened the way you said it. It's like, my accomplished behind you. And like, Undertaker turned around to it's like, wait, what? Say that again, Austin? Wait, yeah. hello? Wait, you cut yeah, out. No, 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 put the, put the gun down. Oh, well, what did you just say? What? <laughs> Hang on, no. You and I, Math, have sat here for several years. Well, Not here, but like metaphorically. Metaphorically. Here. Do I need to remind you of the Triple H being bitten by a rattlesnake story? Okay, that was shit. This has all the same tri- the same fingerprints of yeah. overly egged pudding, courtesy egg pudding. of the cerebral assassin, mega sexy, super smart, big brain energy Triple yeah. H, cerebral brain, big brain. <laughs> Fuck me. It's got to be said. <laughs> we were thinking about this recently. The one, the Rikishi being. Person, okay, I did it for The Rock. It was, oh, okay, that's out of left field. But it was better than Triple H being revealed because that was the most obvious, obvious choice in the entire world. And he went, oh, it wasn't him. And that fact, that helped him get that big babyface push, which actually worked. And then he went, you know what? Actually, it was me. It was like, oh. Same thing. But you know what, Austin? When you said it was me, I lied. I'm like, there's an episode of Bob's, Bur- uh, Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. where Bob's wife... Um, is doing... Oh, Bobby! Bobby! uh, What's it called? Uh, Dinner theatre. Right. Whatever it's called in America where you just do a theatre and you eat. Dinner and a movie type thing. No, no, no. Like in the the place that they're like... The diner. They're doing... Oh, okay. They're doing like a murder mystery thing. And she's like, well, here's the host and it's always... I'm the the person who owns the house. Who was the killer? And it wasn't me. Uh, it could be this person at the end. She goes, uh, the killer was me. <laughs> and the other people in the bar go like, uh, the, the diner go, you said it wasn't you at the start. Yeah, but that was to make you think it wasn't me. It's like, <laughs> no, you said it wasn't. Ah, this is not rewarding if you've said it wasn't you. But it's like, I lied. That makes me a piece of shit. It's like, yeah. So that's why they're all like, they're lying liars. And it's not 
the best thing in the world, but if you put it like that, it literally makes no fucking sense. But Austin's going off the rails and blaming people for stuff. Spoilers for the weeks ahead. Austin does, they do play on this some more. Mm. So right now, you're like, that makes literally no fucking sense. But then give it, as 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 Triple H of modern day era, do we go, give it time, <laughs> let it play out. And nine, time, nine, nine times when that happens, it's shit. But this is the one time where they're like, no, the more, more's to come. The funny thing is, is that I, I imagine that Triple H, the let it play out thing, would have been said that to people on Monday night. Let it play out, let it play out. And then the SmackDown would have happened. And you go, there you go. Told you to let it play out. Yeah. It's even worse than it was on Monday. No, not, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, it's not the 99 version of Triple H doing this because he, if 99 version of Triple H would have gone, wait, she was in a car wreck? Whoa. She still wrestles better than Jericho, though. Am I right? <laughs> you know who it was? It was the army of homeless people. <laughs> was the policeman involved? Was no. he in on the fix? Because no, because they got the call. Yeah, but so and they know it's from Triple H's number because he played that. Uh, what do you call it? The MIDI. <laughs> the MIDI Triple H thing. It's true, actually. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm I'm overthinking. Is that surely then the policeman should have gone? Oh, hello. Hello, I'm Triple H. Uh, I, I, Austin is Triple H. Fuck knows. Hello. Um, no, it's an yeah. anonymous. Sarah anonymous Calloway. I'm anonymous. Sarah, Sarah Neck Tattoo has been in a wreck. Tell The Undertaker. Yes, thank you, sir. Um, can you please report where the wreck is and we'll send a team? No, just tell The Undertaker. Uh, parts unknown. Uh, just, Death Valley. Yeah, just tell The Undertaker. No, we need to know where the wreck is so we can send like recovery vehicles and stuff like that and we can log it properly. No, just tell The Undertaker. Okay, who is The Undertaker? He's a wrestler. He is in your area tonight wrestling. Just go and tell him. Just trust me. <laughs> yeah. No, but we need to know where the wreck is. It, it's it's nearby. Just tell the <laughs> Why can't you tell us where the wreck is, sir? It's almost like there isn't one. No, there is. Because her mum's in it as well. Sir, are you calling from across the... St- Let me just look out my window. You know, but- <laughs> Triple H is Hey, it's, tri- it's Steve Austin. Hi. Who <laughs> <laughs> runs behind the phone box. No, it's not me. Rings, runs, uh... waddles away, gets in his... Puts his- <laughs> does, it again, does it again later on. He goes, hey, is this Austin again? Looks out the window and he can't see him because he's wearing his camo gear. <laughs> oh, there's no one there oh, at the phone. I'm sorry, sir. Floating head. Sorry, it was an earlier phone call. Nothing to do with this phone call. <laughs> he's wearing his camo. It'd be fine. No, it's not me this time. Oh, okay. I love the idea of Austin. See, this would have been funnier. Austin just jumping Undertaker because he was always wearing his camo. So Undertaker would <laughs> just be having a coffee and not see Austin walking up behind uh, him. Oh, he's got me again. That nearly headless Nick strikes again. <laughs> That would have been better. But then he like batters him and rips a bit of it and shows like Austin's flesh. He goes, it's Austin! <laughs> Ali- <laughs> it's Austin's nipple attacking me. I know that nipple anywhere. <laughs> At least on this occasion, Austin oh. was in on Triple H's convoluted bollocks. And at least no, they were Austin's convoluted bollocks. Triple H doesn't know he's being played. Re- do you really think that? I yeah. think they're in it together. And they, and Tri- no. because Austin's gone, oh, trips, any ideas, lad? And Triple H has gone, actually, there's this thing. This is there's this thing I like to do that I think you'd enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Round the Houses, <laughs> the the wrestling attack story. Now it involves me having the shit kicked out of me for twenty minutes, <laughs> but it'll be worth it. It's one of these things where they're like doing a bank job or something. They're going, uh, 
one too many variables for this to <laughs> yeah. work. He goes, How many variables? Oh, about 23. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, all right. Variables all and the way down. And it worked. It's like, wow, Austin. No, Austin's thing is now, he's a piece of shit. He'll lie, he'll deceive, even his friends. That's right. what we're trying to get. You can't take what he says for granted because he's a lying liar. Which, again, in terms of character, okay, is an all right one if you're watching HBO, but for wrestling, it's a bit of a change for the biggest star of the 90s. And also, getting used to it and changed to it as a weak book storyline's a bit weird. Uh, he, hmm. I think had, had hmm. an Austin not done that there. accomplice line, you'd be bang on the money. Yeah. You'd be bang on the money that Austin's just gone rogue, thrown Triple H under the bus, wove a path of lies to get where they are. I think you'd have been on something there. But the fact they did that, oh, here's my accomplice line at the end where Triple H comes back to life and attacks him. Like, that is where the story falls down a touch. You know why I'm excusing this? It's because I watch a lot of uh, TV series Hannibal where nearly all of season two, it's like, all right, so we're lying of these other people, lying about these people, but this person thinks I'm doing this thing for them and this person thinks I'm doing this for you. And you're like, okay, but which one are you doing? And they seem to go back and forth what they're actually doing to serve themselves or to serve their friends. And it's, it's really, really good. Mm. So I think I'm applying that logic to a wrestling show about a man called The Undertaker with his, half, <laughs> his Kentucky Fried Chicken brother um, and his cool chain hanging out and nearly killing one another with power bombs off the steel steps. So there we go. A Either very way. interesting uh, second half aside. What do you think of the episode? It was it was fun. It was nice to see um, like the Hardys, Jerry Lynn, Eddie Guerrero, mm. the Radicals get time to wrestle. I thought that was really nice. Mm. I think that's probably my favorite match of the night outside maybe Jericho and Edge, perhaps. I think the one thing with people being knackered is that you are getting these people that have got a bit more time. They've got some more time to fill. So therefore, you have got longer matches with people undertaker and austin's story is is very convoluted and has been for a long time it's overrun but they are just short of bodies at the moment uh which they need they, which they will start but they've got to... rikishi tom it's okay <laughs> oh it's fine they've, they've got rikishi oh rikishi's out okay well it's all right we've got triple h for the long haul here's the thing he gets a beating this week this is the last yeah, time. I was going to say, the, the next, well, next time we'll be doing this will be Judgment Day, but the week after that, very interesting. Yeah, this day. is the last SmackDown where we talk about Triple H until next oh, year. Until, until January 02, yeah. Mm, so that's him done. That's him done. Because uh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Rikishi and Triple H out at the same time. Wow, you really don't fuck with Austin, do you? You do not fuck with Austin. Anyway, what, what was something that you remembered from this week, Tom? From this week, I remembered. Um, I remembered the, I remember weirdly, I remember the, the Benoit and Angle stuff. I don't know why I remember Angle fishing out the medals from Benoit's pants, but I seem to, because it's a very weird little comedy bit that Benoit never did comedy bits. And I thought that was strange. But obviously it wasn't in hindsight. That's why I remember, weirdly remember that tag match and that bit. What do you remember? It's the exact same bit. Yeah. Because I remember Angle going, you've got my, you've got my, my medals were on your genitals. You're award-winning bollocks. And then, uh, yeah, and I go going, I could win the match. Or, and then the, him teasing it and go, oh. proper Charlie Chaplin style acting. But the crowd, crowd gets it. Crowd like, what are you doing? You fr-? Oh, and then I'm going and get it. Crowd like, ah, he's touching his balls. Look, he was look, looking he's at He's a ball touching. <laughs> ah, 
you're gonna burn him. And he gets burn him. him. And he gets him. He's like, oh, fair play. Actually, if he didn't get him, it'd be a bit weird. But he gets him. He's like, yay! And crowd's like, oh, well done, mate. And then crowd, ah! But he kissed him. You it. silly Billy ball touching, ball sweat kissing. He was lift, he was lifting up Benoit's trunks with the same caution and trepidation as Jake Roberts was looking inside his. <laughs> snake bag after earthquake jumped on it robin hood getting the the money out of the sheriff in nottingham's arm <laughs> yeah, that's even better uh, what have you forgot uh the name of eddie guerrero's finishing move <laughs> the last exit out of el paso that's a great that's a great name for a horror film i guess it is actually the lasso I, from el paso very sorry i forgot all the convoluted bollocks around austin triple h and the undertaker i had an accomplice Oh. Triple H's phone. <laughs> I think it turned around to Sony Ericsson. No! <laughs> Sony Ericsson, who debuted on NXT this week. Um, <laughs> there. So, so, next week is Judgment Day 2001, Space Odyssey. Hey! Uh, so, we'll have apparently Cool Kane in a Cool Chain match is one of Kane's best matches. So, oh, yeah. I've been told. Yeah. Oh, you don't remember this? Mm. The only thing better than that is his Albert IC title win. Lost even more. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> yeah, the highlight of X Factor's run. Wowzers, that's a thing. That's Jack, a thing. Jack, the, I was a Jack the King. I tried to call him Jack the King. I was trying to stop myself. Jack the King. Jack's uh, one of his favorite matches of all time. Is it? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. No, no, was, was, it Albert, was it not Albert and Steve Blackman? Yes. It was one of his favorite matches, Albert versus Steve. You know what? I think Albert and great matches. Oh, it's Bacidi. Um Hello, Bacidi, you want to come in and say hello? Come in, say hi. We're literally hi. finishing here, so we can. Oh, wowzers. Holy <laughs> shit. More news throughout the day at coldholly.com. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Is he actually? Holy shit. Who gives a fuck? Smackdown.com, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.